This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that today celebrates 500 episodes. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow, I know. Well, we'll, we'll wait for the applause. Don't worry, we'll wait. Uh, now, uh, 500 episodes. Who'd have thunk it? Certainly not me, when on April the 28th, 2008, I sat down with a dodgy script, a laptop, and a pint of Guinness in the alcove uh, of a bar called Putney Station for the first episode with Dr. Mart and Sheridan Bird. A quiet, slightly uh, inauspicious start as we chatted about Chelsea beating Man United 2-1 with a ballock brace to keep our slim title hopes alive and the Champions League semi-final first leg 1-1 draw against Liverpool upper Anfield where Kalou crossed the ball from the left in it went off Reese's head and that's why we love Salomon Kalou which had us salivating for the home leg the following Wednesday and a possible trip to Moscow for the final. What a time to be a Chelsea fan. What a time to start a Chelsea podcast. What a time to be alive. But 500 shows later? We must be mad. Anyway, the Chelsea fancast has been through many incarnations since the first show with myself, Dr. Martin, Sheridan Bird, Stu and Chris, the Blues Brothers, their dad psycho Phil, always an inspiration, uh, otherwise he'd hit you, uh, Cheltel, Ross and Pablo, Dazza and Lauren, the benches, to the current mob. Some great guests such as Spy, Martin Knight, John King, Jason Cundy, Paul Cannaville, Alan Hudson, Mickey Thomas and plenty more that I've forgotten, no doubt. From Putney Station to Sports Night Tonight Live to my flat to the wonders of virtual podcasting, we have seen it all. A lot of water has flowed under the Stamford Bridge since then and a lot of Guinness has been drunk. From Moscow to Wembley to Munich to Baku, League Cups, FA Cups, Champions League and Premier League titles the greatest Chelsea sides and players of all time. We couldn't have been luckier following Chelsea and doing podcasts on them for the last 12 years. But it's never been just about the football. 
But none of it means anything without the people who listen to the show, especially those who were there at the beginning, those who came along to have a pint and watch us do the show from the benches, those who emailed and joined us via Mixler, those we've met in the pubs on a match day, and many from all over the world who who we're now proud to call friends. As Joe Strammer of The Clash said, without people, we're nothing. How right he was, and what a debt we owe you, the listeners, who listen to this mad old show every week. The Chelsea Fancast 500. What a ride. Blimey, I don't even... I thought I'd go home after that, really. But uh, I can't because, um, you know, actually, <laughs> we we've, got, we've got a slightly different show tonight. I mean, obviously, as ever, it is, in fact, live. But uh, because of the wonders of Zoom, which we've now adopted as our new best friend, uh, I thought it'd be fun to get the entire cast, as Jonathan would like to put it, of the Chelsea Fancast in one place for a very, very special celebration of 500 episodes. This, I'm afraid, for anybody wanting to listen to us talk about Chelsea, uh, switch off now. This is going to be absolute <laughs> self-indulgent nonsense for the next couple of hours with some, re- some people that I'm just proud to call really, really good friends, not just collaborators on this show. They've all become great friends. We are going to have drinks, we're going to have a laugh, and we're going to talk about uh, our fun and experiences over the last 12 years doing 500 episodes of the Chelsea Fancast. If you're listening at home, I encourage you to open a bottle of something and drink heavily. It might ease your pain for the next two hours. We certainly will. I'm actually, on that note, in fact, I'm going to introduce you all first in the time on a tradition, and then I will open a bottle of champagne, which I will be consuming tonight, and I might even tell you what the others are consuming, because I can see. But there you go. Um, right, as, the, as this lot know, I mean, normally I would introduce them and say, and of course we've got Jonathan Kidd, and we've got Marco Worrell, and they'd all say hello and all that. Uh, last night when I was sending them around the email for this show, I thought I would do the Chelsea Fancast All-Star Eleven, which of course is a football team. And this is, this is they and their positions in goal. We have the marvellous uh, Clayton Beerman. Uh, obviously, he has to be the goalie with a Twitter handle like Goalie59. But you won't find a safer a pair of hands in the game. Clayton, how the devil are you, sir? I'm very well. I'm very excited and very honoured to be part of this celebration. Lovely. Wearing my PB t-shirt this evening. Yeah, quite. Well, we will. I mean, for those of you who have just completely put off by saying we're not going to talk about any football we will actually be honoring peter bonetti very shortly uh, at left back we have dean mears promoted from the youth uh, he's got youthful <laughs> enthusiasm and energy to bolster the attack and defend in equal measures he is one to watch hello dean good evening good evening all a pleasure to be here and an honor to be joining your 500 show and dean is drinking a biara moretti i think moretti even good man right uh right back uh, in the chopper harris role of course uh, he can't get up and down the flanks like he used to, but he has an attitude which is "Thou shalt not pass, Mister Tony Glover." How you doing, Cheech? Oh, I'm still not on mute, am I? No, 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 no. How you doing? Yeah, good. I, I'll tell you what this reminds me of. This reminds me of one of those episodes of Doctor Who where they get all the doctors together, <laughs> and they're all they're all coming in from their different time uh, zones and all this sort of stuff. Um, one of them has been replaced. One of them has been replaced by another face. You couldn't make it. Yes. Dead, normally. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yes. Bill Hartnell usually, isn't it? I yeah. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Well, and well, and and the other two after him as well. But it's very very good to be here, and I'm quite proud to be in the chopper role, um, uh, because that's that's exactly how I feel about people. I ain't letting anyone pass. 
<laughs> comment or anything. Right. Uh, well, we, 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 we have a, a, light in, a slight injury because we had, we had Liam Toomey. He was going to be defensive midfield role because basically uh, he's a good reader of the game, obviously, and he looks like Declan Rice. But Liam's done a no-show. <laughs> to be fair to Liam, uh, you know, he did say he wasn't a definite, so I will forgive him. But uh, going back to our centre-backs, so I've gone in number order, so he would have been number four. Number five, of course, as a centre-back is Dan uh, uh, who, as we know, he's a commanding centre-back in the Chiellini role uh, and a Rolls-Royce defender. Dan, how are you, Squire? <laughs> yeah, I'm very well. I think more like a Trebat and a Rolls-Royce, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do for us, mate. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, look, all good sides, as we know, are built on a solid defensive pairing, right? People who can make up for the inadequacies of the idiots that play in front of them. So who better as a central defensive pairing in the Chelsea Fancast All-Star eleven than Dan Silver and, of course, Martin Wickham. Now, Martin, solid presence at the back. As I said, the foundations are built on Martin's subtle, no-fuss presence and great distribution of one-liners. Martin, welcome. Hello. I'm also six foot three, believe it or not. Yeah, it's not that... Six or three wide, not tall. Oh, very, very unfair, but I'll take it. Um, right, OK, now we're getting into midfield. On the right of midfield, kind of right midfield stroke wing, we've got Alex Churchill. Uh, she buzzes down the flank like an angry wasp with bursts of superb speed, skill and delivery. Alex, lovely to see you. Hello. I, I know, that's what Clayton looks like. <laughs> <laughs> No. I, wanted, I wanted to wolf whistle then, but it just absolutely failed to come out. So I'll just have to think it for you. You what? You wanted to wolf whistle me rather than Alex? Uh, no, Alex, Alex Clayton. Oh. I mean, you're very nice, but you know, we've been on air eight minutes and already it's descended into smut. <laughs> and, yeah, and you can't Tony, beat the real Tony, thing. You can, Tony, you can not take the piss out of anyone tonight because you're sitting there with a glass of red wine in a pond glass while everyone else drinks <laughs> <laughs> beer or the it's hard just, stuff. I've, yeah. All right. Okay. We're in, in midfield still. Okay. Enough. Thank you. Right. Uh, next is me, central midfield, obviously, uh, the midfield maestro and generalissimo. Everything goes through me. I am the engine room and the creator, and I've got a very small <laughs> ego, obviously, but we know that. Uh, and then we're getting to strikers number nine, uh, Marco. Sharp, incisive, and fearless. Great output and racks up the goals. Always rises to the big big occasion, making history, not reliving it. Everything you want in a top striker, Mr. Worrell. Why are you in Look at that Guinness. Perfect Guinness. Perfect Guinness. Loving it. Why is he in disguise? He's not in disguise. (laughs) You. He's got a hat on. If you keep interrupting, I'll mute you, Churchill. Right. You, you know, you're not Sean Bean, okay? Now, uh, partnering Marco, in fact, actually, really just playing in the hole slightly behind Marco, Mr. Jonathan I Kidd. I like to in the hole. Yeah, well, Mar- well no, well, John- Jonathan's playing in the hole because that's what he likes to do. He's a creative genius playing just behind the main striker. He can be temperamental and a bit of a diva, but his ability to turn a match or win it with a bit of magic is incomparable. But it's me, Chidge. You got me down to a teeth where I, I used have. to play. I have. I used to. That's why I used to row with the refs, and that's why I used to, to pick on the opposition. And uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's me, Tridge. Fantastic to be here with all these uh, these wonderful people who I've I've we've been on the airwaves so often together, and it's lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely to get us all together. It's the, the, the you know this is the closest we can get to being in a pub, which is why I thought it'd be a fun idea. Now, uh, uh, Joe Tweeds is uh, also a late non-runner. I uh, don't know where Joe is actually, um, but He's an uh, enigma. 
He is an enigma, that's true. So um, we do have a substitute, of course, who is our newest uh, addition to the Chelsea fancast fold. And uh, Dane can either choose whether he can play either defensive midfield or he can play on the left uh, wing. Uh, it's up to him. So, uh, but what I will say about Dane, as I mean, as a substitute, he works tires- tirelessly behind the scenes, as we all know. He's always available when called upon, and he has the ability to play anywhere on the pitch, which makes him the perfect utility player with an eye for goal, as befits any super sub. Dean, Dane, even I've already done Dean. Dane, I uh, yeah, no, thank you. I feel very lucky to be here. But now I am. I will be taking penalties and all free kicks on the edge of the box. <laughs> Good. That's what I like to hear. Now, um, we're going to get into this very thoroughly, but before we do, um, I mean, it's just crazy. I've never had so many people on one show before, uh, and it, it kind of seemed very appropriate, as I said. God knows how it's going to work. Uh, we are going to have a good old reminisce for most of the show, talking about our memories of 500 episodes and basically having a party. So everybody's brought a bottle. Uh, we'll also go through some of your, your emails and messages. We've got loads uh, from you all saying, well done. So we're going to read all of those out as well. Uh, and of course, uh, after tonight's show, actually, I should tell you this now, um, we are going to release a two-part special to celebrate the 500th episode, uh, and that'll have contributions from all the fan casters of the past and some of our favourite guests from the 500 shows. And as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live on uh, Mixler every Monday at 7 o'clock by going to Mixler, which is M-I-X-L-R.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page and of course you can always tweet us at Chelsea fancast during the show tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea now uh, before we get the party started uh, I will be opening my bottle of champagne in a minute uh, when we come back after the little break that we always have uh, I'm afraid we have to talk about something sad it would be very remiss of us as a Chelsea show not to talk about the passing of Peter <clears throat> Benetti. So uh, I'm going to open a champagne, have a break, pour a glass, and then why not, actually? You know, Peter Benetti may have died, and it is awfully sad, but actually we should be celebrating the life of one of Chelsea's greatest ever players <clears throat> and an absolute legend. So, Nick. Round of applause for the cat. Too right. And here we go. Here's the champagne. So we can get the... Alan Brazil does this every morning, doesn't he, on TalkSport? Not anymore. He's been sacked. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you can tell I'm a professional champagne opener. Not a drop spilt, and it sounded like a duchess farting. On that note, we'll have a break. Chelsea fancast people, uh, happy 500th. Cheers to you all and Cheers. especially to Cheers. our listeners. Cheers all. What's on your T-shirt, Dan? Oh, right. Nice. Um, okay. <laughs> For those of you listening in black and white, Dan is wearing a Chelsea fancast T-shirt. They are museum pieces. Anyway, uh, we are back. Um and uh, I should say, actually, it's lovely to see so many of you in Mixler. Obviously, you're, you're quite enjoying the fact that we've hit 500 shows, which makes us completely criminally insane. I, I, there are so many of you in there. I will read a few of you out. Andy Willis, Burgess, Paul Burgess, Rob Coombe, Smooth One, Matthew the American, Keep the Blue Flag Flying, Int North, 
Adam Finnegan, Bert Stoltz, Andy Silverman's there, lovely Chelsea Chatter. There we go. And Lester, there's some lovely messages coming in, and I'll try and get to some of those later on. But as I said, first of all, really, we've got to, you know, talk about the very sad news that we, we heard yesterday, which is the passing of Peter Benetti, who, of course, you know, apart from... I mean, you know, that, you know, we talk about legends a lot, uh, don't we? But he really was a legend. I'm going to start with Clayton, because, I I, I mean, if, any, if anybody listened last Friday, we did a, a My Chelsea with Clayton, and... Uh, I know for a fact that his hero, all-time hero, was Peter Bonetti. So it would be remiss of us not to start with Clayton and get his thoughts. Clayton? Well, I mean, you mentioned um, having a drink to him. And, I, you know, this is a celebration. So I don't want to be maudlin um, about it. And I'll try not to be, but I was very upset yesterday. As um, some of you would have seen on social media and um, some very lovely people sent me some messages. They know who they are. Um, and it's I, I, I said this when David Bowie died. You know, it's very difficult to sort of, as a person, to sort of quantify how upset you can be when somebody you don't actually know dies. Um, it, it's, it's a bit bizarre. Uh, but, but the thing is, I did actually meet Peter Bonetti when I was much younger. Um, and so I felt like I knew him. But he, he was just my ultimate football hero. And, and, and sort of celebrating his life, celebrating the fact that I saw him. I saw him play. I saw him play a lot of times. So that was great. Um, and also the fact that the outpouring of love for him yesterday was just phenomenal on social media and on the national news um, and BBC website so many great things written about him and, and and it's just wonderful for me personally the fact that he's going to be remembered um as a Chelsea great and he was a Chelsea great you know only one only one person played more than he did um only one of our keepers kept more clean sheets than he did and he was just brilliant he was just I was thinking because I, I I've written an article as you know um, and I was thinking about what were the standout moments well the fact is that he was such a consistent goalkeeper apart from the 1970 FA Cup, uh, where he was just phenomenal. Um, I can't think of, I, I couldn't think of, of particular games where he'd done particular things. I just remembered he was brilliant. And, you know, as I said to you last Friday, this is where my kit fetish came in. Peter Bonetti kits were a thing of beauty. And, you know, the, the, the feedback I've had on social media of everybody who bought their first Peter Bonetti kit and, and those dreadful thin green gloves everybody seemed to have a pair of a certain age obviously I mean I know that there are um, a couple of people here who probably weren't around when, when Peter Bonetti was playing but yeah so I, I celebrate his life and, and, and as I say the outpouring of love for him over, over the last 24 hours has just been fantastic JK, I mean, we, we spoke as, as well, didn't we? You know, la- the last few weeks we've been doing these 50 years of, of, of Chelsea and we've done a few My Chelsea's. Well, I've done you and Clayton and a few others too. Um, you saw him play, I would say, for his entire career at Chelsea probably, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I must have done. Yeah, yeah. You just expected him to be in goal all the time. He was just so unbelievably consistent. He, he never made any howlers. I can't remember... Um, a Barota-esque charge from the, or even a Caballero charge out of the penalty area, um, uh, or even a, um, a um, um, trying to think of another, um, Car- a Kareen dropping the ball into the net 
which he did a couple of times. I remember being present for that. And the one thing about it that I always used to be really impressed with, and I don't, uh, it just you took it for granted that that's what top goalkeepers do. And I think he was the only one to do it, which was that he threw the ball out with such accuracy. He did kick, but he, he was so keen on getting the game restarted. And it was this unbelievably accurate throw that I'm surprised that more goalkeepers now don't use, I suppose, because players are, Perhaps they're, they're pressed better. They're not in as much space. But he was always spotting somebody to throw it. And there was this big overarm throw, edge of the penalty area, absolutely accurate. The number of, of attacks that he would start through doing that. And he was always edge of the penalty area, rolling the ball out for somebody and pointing. Very engaged goalkeeper. Very um, Not only just an expert, not only flexible, not only brilliant at, at shot stopping and going for crosses, but, but also heavily involved in the defensive setup in a but you, that you sort of expected that you took it for granted this big thing are going on that keep going on about you take players for granted that they're there and you that's only when they're no longer there that you appreciate how f- absolutely fantastic they were um uh he um, um weirdly I, I i met him um when my father was on question of sport and uh, and he was the other uh, he was the other guest. He was the footballing guest, as my dad was the celebrity guest. And uh, he rather beautifully, I took my Chelsea scrapbooks along because I was a big autograph hunter. I never got any autographs. And he autographed every single Peter Bonetti picture, including the team pictures, of which I would say there were about, if you included the team pictures, about 40. And then annoyingly to this day, I still have the autograph books and, and I've only got Peter Bonetti's autograph on on some of the pictures because that particularly the team pictures because that's that's all i managed to get i never got anybody else because you'd always present them with a bigger picture from charlie buckins football monthly or jimmy hills football weekly but uh, and weirdly another weird thing then he he was charming actually he was young he was a youngster my dad showed him around the swap was my dad showed him around uh the studios when he was doing um i think it was orlando at the time a tv series and he was he was a shy nice guy um and then bizarrely, his daughter Suzanne became a voiceover, and uh, and I worked with her quite regularly, and uh, and she was always talking about what he was up to. It was interesting in the paper recently, the paper yesterday. One of the eulogies to him was was from the Man City, um, uh, not only Neville Southall, but from that also when he coached at Man City, saying what a a lovely, charming, excellent guy he was as well. So not only was he a uh, he's a legend, but a terrific footballer but um, also uh, a really, really sweet, lovely guy. Mm-hmm. Marco, um, you know, you, your last book, of course, is about, uh, you know, Liquidator is really about the, the, the 1970 Cup winning season. And of course, you know, I, I mean, I, I, would, I, I wrote, I mean, I haven't published it yet, of course, <clears throat> but I wrote an bit yesterday for Football London. And I reckon that that was Peter Bonetti's finest four hours playing for Chelsea, the two legs or the, you know the, the the main match and the replay of, of the cup final, particularly the Old Trafford match, where of course he pretty much played on one leg for most of the match, thanks to Mick Jones, former guitarist of the Clash, of course, uh, <laughs> hobbling him uh, and uh, basically nearly killing his knee. But uh, you know, you I think we can say that you're probably the aficionado of the 1970 Cup final, given you've written a book on it. But what are your recollections of Benetti? Um, I think, well, just to underline something that um, Clayton said there, which was quite interesting, he mentioned David Bowie. And, um, you know, what, what I was talking to somebody else today, uh, Vince Cooper, who's done the Blue Army book about this, who's a little bit older than, than, than me. And, and I was just saying, you know, it's, it's really strange. You, you kind of, 
Um, the, the word legend is overused. We know, we all know that. Um, but I think when when people die who are your heroes when you're a child, when you're kind of forming opinions of things, that, that always hurts just that little bit more. And, and it's kind of interesting what Clayton said there about David Bowie, and, and that kind of resonated with me um, as well. And, it, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's just like a great, kind of a great sadness. It's just part of your life. Um, you know, something that you kind of latched onto that you, one of your first recollections of growing up and, you know, get, falling in love with football or music, whatever it is, um, are kind of the icons of the time that you cling to. And then when they pass away, um, you know, it, it just hurts that little bit more and you kind of think about it that little bit more. And, you know, kind of when I, when I was a kid growing up, I and mean, it was interesting writing the Liquidator book, but when I was a kid growing up, um, you know, like a lot of kids, and it's interesting reading all the tributes that have been posted on social media, you know, it's kind of Benetti and Osgood, Osgood and Benetti. You know, basically, if, you, if you're of a certain age, they were the two um, heroes that, you know, if you were in the playground, you're either Osgood or Benetti. And, and that was it. That really was it. And, uh, and uh, for me personally, I mean, the biggest irony in my life, I, I mean, I wasn't born into a, a football family, a Chelsea family, and I just pestered the hell out of my old man to take me to a game um, because I wanted to watch Osgood and Benetti play for Chelsea. So the first game that I got to go to um, was Liverpool against Chelsea. And in the previous game against Berry in the League Cup, both both um, Catty and Oz got injured. Um, and Benetti typically had, um, I mean, I wasn't aware of it at the time, but, he, you know, Typically, he he got a kick in the guts, gone gone down, um, and then come back and then come back and carried on playing, and ended up in hospital. And then you kind of mention, you know, that 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 was kind of the spirit of the guy. You know, that that the, the nineteen seventy FA Cup final replay, where Jones, you know, leathered him, um, and you know, basically he was hobbled and. and if you watch the game, and I've, I've watched those games countless times, it's extraordinary. I mean, it just would not happen in in the modern game. You know, people talk about pitches, uh, heavy pitches, but goalkeepers were not afforded any protection whatsoever um, in the game back then. So they had to contend with the pitches. They had to contend with the ball, you know, that, that weighed, 15 stone um, and, and players like Mick Jones, you know, battering you. And if you look at, you know, Bonetti was a, a slight guy, uh, quite slight in stature, probably wouldn't have got, probably wouldn't have made it in the game in the modern era because he'd have got overlooked because of his um, lack of physicality. So everything that he did um, as a keeper at that time was extraordinary. And, you know, the, the, there are just so many examples of, um, you know, what he did and why he was such, such a brilliant keeper. Mm. I mean, he was, a, he was an absolute legend for the club. I mean, 729 games, only, 
second only to Chopper. Uh, you know, his clean sheets record of 208 clean sheets was only broken in 2014 by Petr mm. Cech. He, he, he made his debut as an 18-year-old in 1960, keeping a clean sheet. He was part of that very successful youth side that Ted Drake got going that won the Youth Cup with Ron Harris and uh, Bobby Tambling playing in that side as well. Uh, I, I mean, for me, I mean, you know, it's his bravery and his loyalty to the club, as well as his amazing skill and agility. I mean, there was, it wasn't, for, you know, it was for good reason that he was called the cat. I mean, he he was cat-like in his superb saves. I mean, they were just fantastic. I'd be quite interested to hear what the, the I mean, I, I hesitate to say this, but the younger, uh, younger ones amongst us, like uh, Dane and Dean, and Dane, Dean and Dan, sounds like an American <laughs> band, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, and Martin, of course. I mean, Mar- Martin, you know, I suppose, I mean, I, I mean, I, sh- I can share this with you. I never actually saw Peter Benetti play live. I didn't start going to the bridge until the 80s, by which time he'd gone. And I would imagine you and Dan and Dane and Dean are all in that boat as well, and Alex as well, actually, because I know her first match was much later as well. So, Martin, what, what are your impressions of uh, the legacy that uh, Peter Benetti has? I've just gone by what? I've read since the news of his passing emerged yesterday. There was what Rick wrote on the website. He, he also appeared on Sky Sports News, which was a bit unnerving if you weren't expecting. Yeah, I saw that. It was weird. Yeah, it? <laughs> it was. And um, Brian, Brian um, Glanville's obit in The Guardian, and he just talked about how he revolutionised the position a little bit. He's the first one to wear gloves. His distribution was different. And there's also been a little bit of a reappraisal of the World Cup game. I think Rams, Alf Rams is getting a bit more stick for messing up the substitutions than Benetti was, which is probably 50 years too late, but there you go. Um, it's just, you, like I say, you just see the recollections of everyone, those who have the privilege of seeing him play. It's a bit similar to Ray Wilkins for me. I've seen him play, but he was well into his career by that point. He left Chelsea. So hearing, you know, what he did at Chelsea from people who were there at the time is um, education as much as anything else. And um, it's just very sad. And I, he was ill for a while, but it's like another part of one of the most important days in Chelsea's history gone. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, Alex, you know, you, you are our, our resident history expert. And like me, Dan, Martin, Dean and Dane, probably didn't see him play so how how important are players like Peter Bonetti because I think what struck me today actually you know is is how much of a legend he is at the club you know it's it's easy to take people like Peter Bonetti for granted but you know what what do they mean historically as a legend for the club do you think? I don't think anyone our age is really going to understand like the likes of what, what Clayton was trying to explain about a mark when you see one of your childhood idols pass away. I mean, for us, that's going to be like the equivalent of seeing Dennis Wise pass away, hopefully many, 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 many years from now. But it's just I don't think we will fully comprehend um, what he meant to people who watched him play. You can only look at it from the perspective of of history of the club and by looking at his stats and looking at the people around you and how distraught they are. I just, I will say as well that we knew he was suffering, didn't we? Yeah. And um, if, if nothing else, I'm glad he's not suffering anymore. Dan, um, I, you know, I know that the trust was very instrumental in getting a, a banner up for Peter Bonetti. Actually, ironically, quite recently, Cliff got all that sorted out. It's fitting 
tribute in a sense that we've got a banner up for him behind the shed end, right? Yeah, I think all, all great players like Benetti, you know, deserve that kind of, you know, legacy is the wrong word, but just like, you know, the Lampard, the Drogba's, he was he was a Peter Cech of his era. I mean, I, I didn't see him play, but my dad was ever saying how good he was and how he didn't really have a really, apart from maybe Nisveski, we didn't have a really decent keeper until Peter Cech. So it just shows how hard it is to have, you know, a really good goalkeeper who's going to, you know, stand the test of time. And I think, I think he did that. He was a proper old-fashioned footballer. And he, you know, I think he became goalkeeper coach as well for a bit at the club, didn't he? So, yeah, eighty-three. Yeah, so I know it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a passing another fantastic legend, you know, you know, steeped in the history of Chelsea. Yeah, um, Dean and uh, Dane, you know, uh, well, Dean particularly, I think Dean's the youngest we have on the show. You know, your era, of course, would have been watching the likes of Carlo Cudicini and Petr Cech, of course. Now, the reason I mentioned Carlo, I know. Carlo was a massive hero of yours. I actually think that there were kind of similarities between Carlo and uh, Benetti because Carlo was only about 5, 10, 11. And he had, uh, I think his, his old man, uh, who was a goalkeeper, was he known, not known as, the, I think he was known as the spider, wasn't he, at Milan? But, uh, you know, yeah. W- w- yeah, what were your views on on on, uh, on Peter Benetti? Yeah, well, Benetti was my, my dad's hero, um, who, who was goalkeeper as well, and he modelled his game um, on Benetti, and he used to be nicknamed the cap, just like him. So I sort of knew of Benetti, seen the clips of him, obviously too young to ever see him play. Um, but, you know, someone like Benetti is the fabric of this football club, you know, a local lad who come through at 18 and stayed for so many years, um, achieved great success, and one of our greatest ever players. Mm, a good uh, good shout, mate. And, uh, and Dane, I mean, you know, you were a... You're, you were there in the 80s. You would have, like me, just missed out on uh, on Peter Bonetti. But, you know, how? I mean, just about kind of what I've asked everybody else, really, what do you think the importance of his legacy is as a legend for the club? Yeah, I can sort of, as I've told you before, being a kid, five minutes from the ground, would go and hover around by the ground. And obviously in the mid-80s, I can remember him being around there. It's only through the years I've realised who he was and I've learnt about him. But respect adulation for the man from supporters media and fellow pros is always so high my family members and friends who saw Peter play have always maintained he was one of the best goalkeepers around at the time he was very unlucky to have someone as well class as Gordon Banks ahead of him I met him uh, about 20 years ago I remember at the time my young son was collecting all these like little Corinthian like little model pro stars and they released a a retro Peter Benetti one. So he, he signed it. And then once I told him I was a season ticket holder, his eyes lit up and he wanted to know, you know, where I sat and what I thought about the, the players and how the season was going to go. He was a very lovely man in that brief five minutes that I spoke to him. Mm. That's, a, that's a good point, actually, Dane. I mean, I, I you know, I've got a couple of great uh, Peter Benetti stories. I, I actually, I met him because I mean, I've been really lucky. I've met so many of that 1970 <laughs> side, but uh, I met Peter Benetti, after a game, for the life of me, I can't remember what game it was, but I was with, I was with Dr. Ma and I'd arranged to meet Cundy in the Copthorne Hotel. So we went back there and uh, Cundy was very quick to, you know, want to introduce me to Kerry because he knew that Kerry was my hero. So I met Kerry, we had a few beers. And I don't know how it happened, but we ended up being taken to another kind of more private bar in the Copthorne Hotel with both Jason and Kerry. So Dr. Martin and I wandered in, and uh, at that point, uh, Kerry and Jace, who had both, you know, both quite a few beers in by this stage, 
embarked on this massive, I mean, proper, proper argument. I mean, real, you know, I mean, they love each other to pieces, but it was a proper heated argument about whether Frank Lampard was going to be a legend at the club or not. <laughs> Kerry, Kerry saying he wasn't, Cundy absolutely saying he was. And and basically, they just ignored me and Mark, who they'd brought in. Now, as it happened, we, we'd happened to sit down next to Peter Bonetti. Martin couldn't believe his luck. I mean, because like, like Marco and Tony and JK and Clayton, you know, uh, I think Martin's first year of going to Stamford Bridge was 71. So Peter Bonetti was a massive hero. as his. So Martin's like kind of, you know, dumbstruck, doesn't quite know what to say. I'm sitting there laughing my head off at Cundy and Kerry. And then there was Peter Bonetti, quiet, civilised, the antithesis to both Kerry and Jace Blessham. Who who just wanted to talk to us quietly about the game that we'd just seen, and it was all about us. It wasn't about him. I just thought, what a what a lovely, humble, humble man. And there's a better one. A few years later, I ended up going to Wembley for some for the England World Cup bid launch. What on earth I was doing being invited to that? I still to this day don't know. But I had to go suited and booted, and I turned up. All my all the journalist mates that I knew, the people like Rob Shepard, Neil Ash, and everything, I, I passed them as I was going up the escalator to the private room where there was this function was being held. They're looking at me, thinking, "What are you doing?" Going, I'm looking at them, giving them the finger, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I end up, I end up in this quite big room in Wembley. Uh, no, there was no booze; it was all kind of tea and biscuits. And I looked around, and I'm thinking, "I, I, I don't know anybody here. Who am I going to talk to?" Anyway, I caught Peter Bonetti's eye and I thought, oh my God, I, I know, I kind of, I've, I've spoken to you once, that's enough. So I made a beeline for him and of course I, I met you with Cundy and, and, uh, and, and Kerry and I mean, you know, I, I, there's no way in hell he would have remembered who I was, but he did a very good job pretending that he did and he made me feel really comfortable and he started talking to me and we were starting to talk about Chelsea. Who should stroll up but Sir Bobby Charlton and Martin Peters and Stuart Pearce, would you believe? who I think at the time was uh, was on the England coaching staff. So I, mean, I ended up talking to Sir Bobby Charlton and Martin Peters, and I got Peter Bonetti there as Stuart Pearce. And anyway, at one stage, I got a bit kind of overexcited and basically said, to, you know, me and Peter, two Chelsea boys against United and a, and a Spurs boy, which kind of got a very nervous laugh. But amazing. But he was just so lovely. And the way that he, he made me feel comfortable and included... I mean, for God's sake... Two of the greatest footballers we've seen play for England, and you know, are there old mates of his, and yet he was more concerned about making me feel comfortable. And I and I think that that epitomises him. He was an absolute, apart from the footballer, and and the fact that he was brave and loyal, an absolute gentleman. And I'm going to leave the last word on on Peter Bonetti to Tony because I know I know from again the other week when we were talking about it, Tony, a real hero and a legend for you, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in the same, same sort of boat. I think as um, certainly as Marco and, and Clayton, in that uh, I remember vividly the day David Bowie died and and the impact it had on on, on the three of us who know each other through Twitter, through football, or whatever. Um, and I think this has had a similar effect. And um, um, I I thought I thought the Guardian a bit was a, just a little bit mealy mouth because it tended to spend its first half was all about uh, that England game. Um, and um, I, I seem to recall the other week telling you about the story of the 1970 final with my dad and my dad, you know, sending me out to get me two biscuits, me crying because I didn't think we'd ever get back into the, it was in the replay and then coming back in and finding my dad basically kissing the ceiling because Osgood had scored the equaliser. 
and um, you know that was that was a massive bonding moment between dad and me and all this you know uh, and that sort of stuff and then literally months later my dad completely undone all of that um, we were on holiday in Bognor um, we were at a caravan site where children weren't allowed in the bar so we couldn't watch the game the kids were all you know trying to sort of get peeps through the bar into the game the England Germany game or West Germany as it was then um, uh, and I was a short ass then let alone like I am now, you know, I was, I stood, there stood no chance. I went back in and dad came out and I was all excited, you know, England, England. And all this, and my dad just sat down and went, oh, lost three, two. And you know whose fault it was? And I went, oh, dad, ooh, ooh. and he went, Peter, bloody Bonetti. And that bond was broken almost immediately. It's all that thing. He knew how I felt about, uh, about Peter Bonetti. Um, and, when I read that Guardian thing, I just thought, you know, you, you, you spent the first half of this obit going on about that game rather than all the positive stuff um, that, that came out of it. Um, that particular game, that England game, just proved to me then, as it does now, um, that Alf Ramsey never had a plan B. <laughs> um, if he's, any of his players were, were injured, he was a bit stymied. Um, but Peter Bonetti, for me... Um, one of the reasons he meant so much to me was because I was nicknamed Cat uh, in the school five-a-side team. And I modelled, I could never play the full 11-a-side in goal. Bloody hell, I was way too short for that. But I could play the five-a-side. And I used to throw myself around, emulating him. And, you know, when your teammates are saying, we'll be all right here, we've got the Cat in goal. That was that was a massive, massive thing for me. Um, so really, really sad. It was, and Alex really hit the nail on the head that you can't always see the parallels because their parallels, people of Alex's tender years, <laughs> uh, whatever, will, 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 they'll they'll have that day come to them, and it will be from you know the wise era or something like that, and and that impact will be the same to them. So it's good to sort of have it recognised because, you know, in the annals of Chelsea history, Clayton, I think Clayton said it earlier on, there was only one goalkeeper who let in less goals than than Benetti. There was only one player who had more appearances than him. So you know, I hope the club do something big when it all comes back. Well, maybe maybe a statue, Tony. I, I you know, I'm. I'm one of those that thinks statues, because, you know, there's so many worthy people of statues. I think there is a very, very compelling case for him because, um, and it was Marco that was saying, it was it was Osgood Bonetti. Yeah. Those those were the two kind of standout names. Osgood for different reasons. And uh, that whole team had a, a touch of the, the playboy, Flash Harry about it. You know, they were the, the King's Road guys, you know, um, but Peter Bonetti, he, he had something very much about him. And I think, you know, as, as someone else, it might be Dane said, he was very, very unlucky to have been the goalkeeper he was in the era when Gordon Banks was around. Yeah, I think that's a good shout, actually. The other thing is, you know, you mentioned the wise, the wise era, and we should also mention this. And by the way, before we do, condolences to Peter's. Uh, family and friends, obviously, and and rest in peace. He's an absolute legend, and it's a real, a deeply felt loss. Particularly people of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I kind of my generation really, but particularly Jonathan and Clayton and uh, and Marco. But um, there was a bit of good news yesterday, as well as all of this, and that, of course, uh, was the fact that Luca Viali, who's been battling a very nasty form of cancer for seventeen months, and if you you might have seen some pictures of him, and he looked pretty. 
pretty ill at, at one stage, but it, it appears, Marco, that he's uh, been given the uh, the all clear. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant news. He's he's had um, two two bout, bout two sessions of uh, chemotherapy um, over a period of uh, seventeen months, um, and I think his doctors gave him the all clear before Christmas, um, and he kind of announced it. Um, he was talking to Italian media yesterday and said he, he, he was clear of it now. So, I mean, that's fantastic news. Uh, I mean, you know, I, th- I think, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Dean can confirm this to me or, or, or you know, some of the younger guys. But, you know, I, I love Viali, not, not because he's Italian, but I love Viali as much as I love the likes of Osgood and um, yeah, totally. Netty, you know, of, of that. Um, crop of players that you know c- came in through uh, through Glenn Hoddle, the Glenn Hoddle Rude Hullet conduit. Um, you know, Viali was extraordinary, really. You know, um, player, manager, uh, and what a great guy as well. You know, he's like the 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 the. the, the I think somebody made a comment about Mourinho, Mark One Mourinho, saying he's the kind of guy that all the all the fellas want to go and have a beer with, and all the women want to sleep with. And I think the <laughs> same definitely um, was true of uh, Viali. Um, you know what a guy, and so it's brilliant news because wasn't not it true old. that Marco wasn't it true when he came to the club that that there was a feeling that he what he was past his best. And that it was a kind of um, he'd done what Hullet had done to an extent, which is he'd just gone to get an easy buck. And well, then when the he same, played, the same, the same was said of Zola as well. As well, wasn't it? Yeah, all this. And it, yeah, it, it, it was only Di Matteo who was sort of still in his prime, so to speak. Yeah, and obviously we paid more money for him. But I thought um, Fiali was uh, was fantastic, a fantastic mm. player, and um, fitted perfectly into that setup at the time. They were a fantastically exciting side. Well, Hullet, Hullet was your... your. I mean, this is the interesting thing. I mean, we, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing all these My Chelsea's, by the way. And uh, we're, we're, I'm just having a look at the screen now. Uh, right. Martin owes me one. Uh, Tony <laughs> owes me one. Marco owes me one. Alex owes me one. And Tony apparently is going to interview me for mine because actually, because what, what you lot out there probably don't know is that we have our own little whatsapp group which uh, apart from when dan posts lots of videos and memes kind of, <laughs> kind of fun- functions functions fairly well to get the business of the chelsea fan cars done but also yeah. have a bit of a laugh and uh, we were talking about this last night and uh, you know i said said to the to the actually i think appropriate to say the chaps swap apologies to alex um that actually luke is one of my all-time chelsea heroes i absolutely I mean, I tell you what, if there's anybody, uh, you know, that's played for Chelsea that I haven't met, that I would like to meet, it would be Luca Viali. And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say any more because I'm going to wait until we do the My Chelsea version with me, which Tony's going to mm. do the honour of interviewing me on. Anyway, we could prattle on for hours. I mean, I don't mind if we do, actually. I'm, I'm in my second glass of champagne. Uh, I don't know. I, I, saw, I saw Helen topping up Tony's uh, glass. What are you drinking, Tony? Uh, it's a it's a Merlot, mate. It's very a very nice. nice Merlot, yes. Beautiful. Lovely. 
Uh, Alex is into her gin. Yeah, <laughs> good girl. Actually, good the girl. best thing about that shot that I just saw there was that Alex's entire face was obscured by a huge glass of gin <laughs> as, it was, as it was going down the hatch. And there's Bertie, the most beautiful pussycat in the world, I have to say. It's lovely to see everybody in here. Anyway, we're going to go to a break. Can I say something quickly? Yeah, don't. Go for it, mate. David was a little bit interested in how sort of my era felt about Viali. Uh, I remember there was rumours he was coming to Chelsea just as he was playing in the Champions League final, captaining Juventus yeah. to the win over Ajax. And I was amazed and astonished. I, I quite overwhelmed whilst watching it, just thinking this icon might be signing for Chelsea. The feeling when he signed was only only just marginally beaten by Rude the previous summer. The, the guy was an icon and world-class uh, I, I again, I, um, I've met so many of them. I met him a couple of years ago because he, when we used to be season ticket holders in the family enclosure, he would always do lots of Italian TV. And me and my daughter spoke for him for a little while, and he noticed he had she had the uh, blue '96 home shirt with cores on, and he was quite impressed with that. He was a fantastic man. Again, he was a world class player. He was a hero of mine, and I personally feel very lucky to have seen him in the blue of Chelsea, scoring goals, winning trophies, and then managing us. Too right. Alex actually put her hand up then. This is a first breaking news. I presume it's because she wants to say something, not, <laughs> not, not that she's just checking that she can still see her hand in front of her face. I don't know. Alex? Yeah, my he. I heard that he was eating at an Italian restaurant quite regularly that was two minutes' walk from my house in Sutton. So when I was about... Um, 11, 12, used to sneak out of the house on a Saturday night and go and like lurk outside the Italian restaurant and hope I got to meet him, but I never did. Must have looked like a right little wino. Well, I'm not going to comment on that, but it's a nice anecdote. Right, now, um, we are going to go to a break in a minute, but before we do, considering we've been talking about Peter Benetti, one of our greatest legends and, of course, a hero of the 1970 Cup Final and the 71 Cup Winners' Cup Final, let it be said. Uh, it's a good time for me to plug, plug and plug some more. Because, of course, if you haven't already, then you need a slap, frankly. Uh, but you should all be downloading the Chelsea Special, which uh, is me and Martin King. Uh, or as I like to call him, Marco, the Gypsy King. He's the original Gypsy King, isn't he, Martin? That's it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've anybody. If you, Marco might have seen the pictures of and videos he's been taking of his two bulldogs, which have been causing me huge uh, mirth for the last few weeks. Anyway, we digress. Uh, yeah, me and Martin have interviewed Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper, Tommy Baldwin, John Boyle, Johnny Bumps, and Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Canners, and even Danny Eccles Harkins. And uh, they're all brilliant, even though I'm biased. Uh, they are all brilliant, and you can download them from ChelseaSpecial.com for the price, or in fact less than the price, of a cup of Costa coffee, which, let's face it, you can't even go and get anymore because they've shut because of the coronavirus. So instead of spending £2.99 on a Costa coffee, go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com and download one of these superb interviews. They really are great. These guys have uh, opened up to us like, like they probably wouldn't to anybody else. So... They they really are special. So there you go, chelseaspecial.podbean.com. Click on the buy single episode now. There's a whole list of the interviews on the main page, and then you can uh, have a listen. Of course, follow them, uh, uh, follow us at uh, Chelsea Special underscore. Sorry, Chelsea underscore Special. Get my teeth in Chelsea Special on Facebook, and of course, chelseaspecial.com is the website. Now, after the break, we are going to be 
I mean, I think I'm amazed actually. I kind of like hyped this up as being some drunken loony fest, and actually, we've been incredibly sober and sensible in, you know, fittingly actually honouring the legend that uh, was Peter Bonetti. But I suspect it might get a bit messy after the break. Chidge, J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast 500th episode, live and direct. We are all in Zoom. We've all got a drink. It's actually, I have to say, I mean, having done this podcast blind, as it were, for the last few years because we've been doing it on Skype, it's a joy to do it on Zoom, and I can actually see them all. It's almost like being in the pub. Almost. <laughs> i tell you what's missing. The smell of piss from the bogs in the cock. That's all that's missing, really, Tone. But otherwise, it, it, I could be there, mate. I could be there. Anyway, we've got, in no particular order, uh, we've got uh, Dean Mears. Evening. We've got Dan Silver. Hello. We've got Martin Wickham. Evening. We've got Clayton Beerman. Yo. Martin, what, Martin? Mark Worrell. Want to say that? Alex Churchill. Word. And we've got Tony Glover. Bonsoir. And uh, I think Dane and Jonathan have both gone out for a piss together. Not that I want to... <laughs> not, 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 yeah, not that I want to start any rumours. But uh, fire. 
Right, now, this is going to be the monstrously self-indulgent uh, bit. You off, Marco? I-, I thought you were going to segue into a nice little bit about the toilet in downstairs in the shed, in the old shed. Well, I could do. Where, where you used to go at half time and like see how far up the wall you could weed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could reminisce <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm looking at Alex's face and there's just that look <laughs> of resignation. I, go, I don't know, I think it's disgust. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, probably a good time to plug uh, Patreon while we're at it, which, of course, is our... I don't really know what it is, to be honest, but lots of people are very lovely, and they've signed up, and they pay a certain amount of money every month, which helps us to fund the shows. Uh, and, and I'm very, very grateful. It's at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, I like to think that they are the elite, hardcore element of the Chelsea Fancast support. Uh, and and I do sometimes try and give them some content to befit their exalted status. But uh, I am grateful. You are lovely. It's cost me a fortune doing this flaming show for 12 years. So anything I can get back from it is greatly received. Um, so there we go. So, I mean, one day, you know, well, I mean, when the football's back, I mean, that would help for a start. But we can put some videos up and stuff like that and try and give you something back. But there's another really good reason to join it, I think, and that's because you can message us, or me particularly, and you never know, you might even get me to reply. So I commend it to you, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And you may have heard us talking um, earlier on about um, the fact where, you know, love the Love Sports shows uh, kind of got mothballed recently. So in lieu of no show on a Friday, we have decided to do something else, which has been quite fun, which we're calling My Chelsea which sounds a bit cheesy, but actually it's it's me talking to all of the guys, pretty much all of the guys you got in here on the show tonight, about how they became a Chelsea supporter, what some of their favourite matches were, who the who their heroes were when they were growing up, who their favourite players are now, some of their best matches that they've been to, some of the worst, some of their favourite songs. And uh, I have to say, it's been an absolute joy uh, to do them. Um, I've I've now convinced Tony, as you heard earlier, to go and kind of reverse reverse the situation and interview me because I don't see why I should miss out uh, not that it's all about me of course I couldn't agree more no, I'm well, going to enjoy it. I'll be I'll enjoy playing Parkinson to your Muhammad Ali how do you think it's going to go then Tone <laughs> Billy Connolly the the yes. mute him at every opportunity <laughs> yes I will do like Alex yes. <laughs> yeah I'll enjoy telling him to shut up and let someone else get a word in <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact that the minute we actually got to dig me out. All of you started talking at once to try and get something in. I think I th- I'm going to take that as a compliment. I have yeah. to say, but they've been very, very good so far. We've done a great one with Dane the other week. Dane, of course, started uh, following Chelsea in the '80s. Uh, we've done Dean, who's more of a modern child, and uh, we're talking kind of late '90s, 2000s, which is great. Uh, J.K. was wonderful, uh, going right back from the '60s, and Clayton. Uh, we had last week, which couldn't have been more apposite, really, because, of course, Clayton started supporting in the 60s and his hero was Peter Bonetti. So that was a lovely one. So I really look forward to doing the ones with Martin and Dan, of course. How could I forget Dan? We did a great one with Dan that was uh, the first one we released, actually. Uh, but anyway, we've got Alex and Tony to come and Marco, Martin and me and maybe a few others besides. But there you go. Anyway, time to get on with some... Uh, completely and utterly self-indulgent claptrap about the Chelsea fancast having done 500 episodes. Um, And the way to start this, really, is to uh, kick off, I think, with something that I I only found out, believe it or not, the other day, uh, which is, 
you know, people will probably know by now that uh, the Chelsea fan cast was actually started by uh, he who must not be named, as we used to call him, also known as DJ, who, of course, is the, as he likes to call it, the proprietor of the CFC UK stall and editor of the CFC UK magazine, legendary piece of writing that it is. But he actually started this because football fan cast basically decided to have lots of podcasts, yada, yada, yada. And uh, they asked people to do them. And, and, and DJ did the Chelsea one. What I didn't realise was I knew he'd done it with Kelvin Barker because I, I actually I've heard some of these. I used to have them back in the day. Don't know what I've done with them now. Wish I could find them. But anyway, DJ did them with uh, Kelvin Barker and Cliff Auger. And what I didn't know was Mark Worrell was on them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never told me that. I, I, honestly, I struggle to remember. I mean, it was, when, when did you do your first? Well, we started, and I mean, this is why I'm glad you're back, because it's you I wanted to talk to you first, because um, of all the lovely people here, I mean, this is the great thing, which I didn't realise, because, I mean, I wanted to talk to Marco first, because Marco was the first kind of proper guest we had on the on the fan cast that summer. Because we started in April, yeah, we started in April two thousand and eight, and I decided to keep them going in the summer. And uh, we had you on to talk about one man went to mow and overland and sea, and it was great. But I didn't know even then that you actually you actually predate me. Yeah, you predate me, mate. How did that work? I don't know. I, I wasn't really aware of like the fan cast being a thing. I, I just remember Dave saying, oh, I'm doing this. I don't, think, I don't think the whole podcast thing um, was, was a big thing then. And Dave said, oh, I'm doing this, this recording this show. Do you want to come on and have a chat about it, uh, about Chelsea? And I said, yeah. But what we spoke about, I have no idea. All, all, all I what I do remember is he, he he kept saying, "You can't call me. Don't call me Dave. Don't call me Dave. Call me Blagger." <laughs> <laughs> all the way through, I had to like call him Blagger, but then I kept calling him Dave. It's a bit like Aspilicueta. Well, actually, it's a bit like Only Fools and Horses, mate. Well, a little bit. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you um, talking of. Miss knows. I, I don't know if you if you saw my. Um, have you have you had your copy of the CFC UK fanzine? There you go. Yeah. So in in there is is um, my article basically tells the story of Misty's first visit to Chelsea, which was the Everton game, and 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 her questions all the way through were. You know, typical kids' questions. The the first one of which, at the start of the game, um, as Liquidator was being played, and a good a good proportion of the good people inside Stamford Bridge shouted out, "We hate Tottenham, Chelsea!" at the appropriate point. And Misty turned to me and went, "Dad, why why is everybody saying we hate Tottenham?" Oh, good girl. Yeah, and then, and then later on, right at the end, Aspilicueta was the last man off the pitch. And the, the the people that were left in were singing, we'll just call you Dave. So, of course, like Misty said, well, why, why, why are you calling him Dave when his name's Caesar? And it's just like, 
the innocence of childhood. Brilliant. Well, I mean, Marco, in spite of the fact that this became quite a revelation to me, I mean, we were delighted to have you um, as our first guest. And, uh, was I that mean, at the Putney Station? Yeah, it was. And the, what I, I mean, you know, it's it's amazing what what uh, what having being old and, and and having a poor memory does to you because. What I've also come to realise, you you have been a constant, actually, all the time that we've been doing it since we took over from Dave. I mean, for example, I found a video the other day of a of a set of a sequence that uh, ITN News did on us, talking about. I think it was. I think it was about JT. It was around the time that JT was being accused of being a racist. So it's about two thousand and eleven. You were on the show. They filmed us in Putney Station. You were there. So you have always been on the show. And, it, it, you know, I, that, I completely forgot that, which is appalling of me. So apart from everything else, Marco, I should also be saying thank you so much, mate, for being such a solid rock on this show since since we started. When was the... That's brilliant. No, I really enjoy it. What, 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 there was that weird flirtation with television versions of it, wasn't there? Oh, well, that was later... We'll get on to that. That was the sport. Okay. You, you came on that as well. I mean, you've been oh, no, you, you've you've been throughout. Uh, now I'm going to kind of try and do this in 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 in. Uh, uh, I'm not going to be ageist at all, but I am going to be. I might throw it around a bit. We'll see, because actually the second longest running member of the Chelsea fan cast, because it's less like Celebrity Squares. I feel like Bob Monkhouse on acid or something. Um, but anyway, the the next one. Is actually Martin Wickham. <laughs> Martin, looks, it's like, it's like, Martin Wickham, the price is right. Come on down. Martin can't believe it, but you were on the benches very, very early on, Martin. I so, would say, yeah, around November 2012, because it was before it all went tits well, up after they sacked him in the town. There, there might be a steward's inquiry here because Jonathan might have been a guest on the show before that, but I'll argue the toss with him in a minute. But you certainly <laughs> used to turn up on the benches regularly, not least because it was a good excuse to come and have a few beers with people talking bollocks about Chelsea. But yeah, I, vi- yeah, I vividly remember you on there. What on earth made you come down? It's mum that I'd fuck all else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> And, and nothing has changed. Nothing has yeah. changed. I can't leave the bloody house now. I mean, it's got worse. <laughs> Excellent stuff. But I mean, you know, I, 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 you and I used to to joke about this because, of course, you, 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 you know, in in full scale mutiny and treachery, you elected to make your debut as a podcast genius on the Podding Shed. <laughs> you can bail loaned out. Yeah, no, not not the Chelsea fan cast. So did I. So so I therefore refuse to have you on the yes. Chelsea fan cast in punishment for your clear crimes against broadcasting. Yeah, um, but that and I wouldn't go on a TV show because I've got a face for radio. Well, that there we go. <laughs> that brings the TV show back into it, doesn't it? Which I, I yeah. will I will go into later. But uh, we're, Alex, we're... Alex Alex also appeared on the Podding Shed first. I don't know about that actually. Because she I, did. No, no. <laughs> No, I'm not so sure about that because Alex actually came on the show as a guest, right? Although, okay, so I know for a fact that we finished doing Sports Tonight Live in 2015, February 2015. Now, when did you release your uh, war, war, you know, the first World War book? You know the one I mean? It was on the day of a hideous nil-nil with Arsenal at home, I think. All right. It's the, the blue one. You know the one I mean, the blue one. Overland and Sea. No, no, no. That was my... Oh, it was yours, wasn't it? You called yours Overland and Sea too, didn't you? 
Can I just say that I checked with Marco that and he didn't give a shit. That's because he's a lovely guy. <laughs> when did that book come out, Alex? 2015. Or when in 2015? The autumn. All right. Well, that's when you came on the Chelsea Fancast because you came on with Holmes and you came to my flat to talk all about it and I remember it vividly. But I think we did one from Holmes's Kitchen with Tony first. Sorry. You are such a cow. And I and I've always, and I've always loved you. I've always loved you. And now you now you stick the knife into me. I know, but he batted those little little come to bed eyes at me and wibbled his man boobs and I came. I'm sorry. So Alex, you're telling me that that, that that you know the smart buddies were a thing before I invented it. I'm really upset. Well before Alex knew anyway. <laughs> unbelievable um i mean you know what we should we should really you know at this juncture before i upset him and he and he says to me well i can actually see him actually that it's not working for him which i would i would hate for him to do because you know basically look i i i kind of started the show with with dr martin who uh i i mean i just i mean there is a special coming out with with an interview with Doctor Mark, which is just hysterical. Chid, what was the reason for him, for his leaving? Well, I, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say because it's all in the it's all in the in the special that we were. Went releasing. off to Israel, didn't he? Didn't he go? No, that's Cheltel. Oh no, it was Martin. You're right. You're right. Now Martin went to Israel. He because he designed the underground there. Did he? Because he was a brilliant designer. No, he didn't he didn't go to America. Cheltel went. Somewhere else, here, there, and everywhere. He went to Israel because he does. He had. He also designed um, uh, Canary Wharf. Yeah, Martin. So it is bloody cool. Phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal designer. But I mean, I started the show with Doctor Mart because obviously he was my brother-in-law. He he was fundamentally him, uh, psycho Phil. Well, basically, I I met Martin in about nineteen ninety-five, ninety-six, and I was living in Winchester at the time. I just kind of got out of London for a few years. But I think to get married, as I recall. So I hadn't quite revealed the extent uh, to my wife, who ironically is a third-generation Chelsea fan. If only I'd known that at the time, I wouldn't have been so reticent about declaring my interest in football. But I met Dr. Mark before he got married to my sister, and, and we discovered that we were both Chelsea fans. And we kind of made this pact that, you know, if and when I moved back to London, because I was lazy when I grew up, you know, it never entered my conscience that, that I would go to go and watch my team play if it, you know, took more than 10 minutes to walk there. I started going to Chelsea in the 80s when I lived five minutes away in Lots Road. So I couldn't be asked to travel. Uh, anyway, Martin said, well, if you come back to London, we'll get a season ticket, we'll go. And I said, done. And we, I came back in about 2000 and that's exactly what we did. So having hung around with the Norman, he introduced me to Psycho Phil, the Normans, all of that lot, Ross, Pablo. But it was Martin I, I turned to as the long-suffering idiot to go and to do a podcast with me. And, and bless his heart, he did it manfully for years and years and years until he got fed up with the abuse that I was giving him on a weekly basis. Um, so uh, I turned... Now, here's something that you, you, you won't know, Jonathan. Turned to me to give the abuse to me. That's right. But, I, I mean, you, we had had you on as... A, we actually had you on as a guest, and I know you were very upset because you turned up as a guest and... Dr. Mark wasn't on the show. And the only reason you'd come on was, but apart from the fact that you, you, you'd turn up to the opening of an envelope, but, you know, the only reason you'd come on was because you'd gone to school with Dr. Mark. Indeed. I'm, I'm older than him, and I'd, um, I was a prefect, and I'd, I'd, we had these things called regulations. He'd been running, and I was supposed to say, you're not supposed to run, but I was a crap, crap prefect because I, I didn't believe in it. So I remember saying to him, oh, look, excuse me, can you just stop, please, because it's 
supposed you're not supposed to run. I'm supposed to tell you you can't run. And he was gave me such cheek. I remember he was so so back at me and swore at me. And I said, oh God, I'm going to have to give you a reg regulation, which meant you had to go into detention. I said, I don't want to give you detention. I'm not like that, but I'm going to have to do it. You're being so foul. And he was so, if I'd known he was a Chelsea fan, I would have let him run. I didn't know. He never told me. And he was bigger than me anyway at the time. So it was quite tricky. <laughs> but I mean, you know, Mark, I, for some reason, Dr. Mark kind of became the right-hand man, even though he, he couldn't turn the mic on half the time. But when he disappeared, you'd been on quite a few times by then, JK. So I kind of... You remember, know, I, I'd, been, um, I'd been on the, uh, the Chels. That, I nicked you from the Chels, didn't you I? Nicked me from the Chels. Well, it That's wasn't right. that you nicked me. I, I I put my foot in it completely with them one day um, by by actually saying I thought the show would be better if Andy Saunders wasn't on it. The end of the show. Funnily enough, I was. Uh, <laughs> My involvement in it became less and less. <laughs> what helped was that the timing was perfect because you then got me on and I did that terrible thing of doing them on uh, earlier on a, on a, they've, they've met at 5.30 occasionally. So I do the, the Chelsea and then be on your show after that. And Kerry phoned me and said, this isn't on, you can't possibly do that. And I said, well, I'm not doing it for, for any money. If you get asked me to do it, I'll come and do it. But, um, uh, you know, that was, and also I was occasionally, I was on with uh, Phil Daniels on my own, if neither of them could make it. And we would just talk about acting. And I don't think that went down very well either with, uh, <laughs> with Kerry particularly, because it was, we weren't even talking about football particularly. Toxic no, mix. I got, some, I got well, side Daniels, so the timing was perfect. Bridge. Sorry, Martin. That's right. And Phil Daniels' season ticket at the bridge is just across the stairwell from me. Oh, is it? Does he yeah. go? Yeah. He works a lot, so he's always yeah. Awake. So he's there for a straight stream of games. Then he's not. But every time they play part like over the PA, he's like rubbing his fingers together. He's like made money out of it. <laughs> does, he sing, does he sing along? I've always uh, wondered. Uh, no, he's. Uh, we've tried to get him to do it, but he just like gives us a look to say fuck off, basically. <laughs> I have to say that every time they play, whenever they play Blue Day, which I'm singing on the chorus of, I sing along to it. I make no bones about it. I'm, you have I'm, no shame, JK. I have no shame. I'm happy to do it. We, so. and don't we just know it? Uh, there are yeah. people. I love yeah, you for it. There are indeed brilliant stuff, and I, I have to say, JK. I mean, you've been uh, you've been my right hand man uh, ever. I'm trying to think of a year you, you kind of took over from Mark, really. 2013, I think it was, because it was well, not long after I was on the benches. So you're talking Sports Tonight Live now? Yeah, because that's when I first came on board. So it's about yeah. 2013. Yeah, you know, that was, we, I was on it before that. I was 2012 before that, because then we, we attempted to do some some presentations. But that was when, Chidge, that's when you got slightly the red mist descended and you had uh, Sophie Rose presenting it. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, her and her two best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumber and Dumber. <laughs> you know what because uh, I was trying to find out I was trying to find out for the other thing we're releasing this week you know when we started at Sports Tonight Live and when we finished it and I came upon the the last episode we ever did on Sports Tonight Live which was on February the 23rd 2015 and guess who was presenting it me yeah <laughs> not me so basically you'd fired me by then you know, so it was Jonathan presenting. Was working on it, but no, you just weren't there at the time. I don't think it was working for me at the time. It wasn't. Well, that's right. You'd resigned for that period, but wasn't it also in the same area they they made Babe Station? Didn't they do that? <laughs> no, it was worse than that, mate. It was worse than that, was it? Yeah. Oh, Fiddle boxes. 
Oh, was that what it was? Called? Yeah. No, I don't that's think that's what it was called, was. but that's what they were doing. <laughs> that's what it was, but it doesn't exist anymore. It's all been leveled. Yeah, all yeah, of yeah, all yeah. That complex. Probably the best thing. Were, they were, they were, they, those those shows just didn't quite work for a variety of reasons, but it was a good. Well, largely because you were presenting half of them, I think. Well, well, indeed, well, you told me off. I attempted to do comedy routine of wearing four different <laughs> shirts. <laughs> I, I, I tried to wear a different shirt each time so that I'd come back and I'd have a different T-shirt on. And it was I was too slow. I didn't get there in time. So on one occasion, putting the T-shirt on down. And he sent, you sent me an email afterwards saying, you know, something about, I think you really sent it to the show. Just wear one shirt or something you put. For goodness sake, stop. What's going on? I think it was probably more lines of, just wear one shirt, you fuckwit. I didn't want to to say the truth. That's what it was. Yes. I had, you know. Anyway, look before you wonderfully interrupted. I mean, I, I ought to say by the way that even in the days of uh, of uh, Sports Tonight Live, which of course you know this is a live TV show, you had to go out on the button. Jonathan would still turn up at one minute to seven <laughs> in a fluster with it, with about five different scarves on. I had the producer absolutely shitting his pants, thinking, "Oh, but where's Jonathan? Where's Jonathan? Oh, he'll be here. Don't worry about it. He's a pro." I have to say, I did look at a little bit of that, the last ever Sports Tonight live show, which you presented. And I have to say, Jonathan, you were really good. You were much better than me. I mean, <laughs> what a shame it finished after that. That's, that's very uh, magnanimous of you. But I think what it was, was that I didn't, I, I, I can't, I'm not as good a presenter as you and I don't ask enough questions. But so but I, don't, I don't have enough content. So I ask everybody a question. And then sit back and just move it around a bit. That's all it is. You were good. If anybody man. else, if you get right. to present, chaps, any of you up there get to present, just ask everybody else to do it. It's really simple. Look, can I also just intervene here? Because um, JK, I think, has gone down in the annals of history as having the single greatest flounce. Um, ever in the fan cast's <laughs> history um, with his his marvellous... Uh, I, I believe that the Bee Gees, when they walked off of Clive James, called it a JK. I believe that John Knott, when he walked away from the Falklands... In well, that was a JK. Yeah, it was a JK. And I believe Ian Dale recently did a very similar thing, a JK. It's just not working for me. <laughs> Boom. And it was that mic drop door shuts moment. And you thought, eh? What? And and we just sort of had that moment, that moment you of... You on that show then, so, Tony, at that time? I was, I was, I was. And that, basically, because Chidge was berating you, I think, for the fact that you your your technology um, and that um, your butler had, had singularly failed <laughs> to work stuff out that night. Um, and, and I felt a bit sorry for you because it wasn't working for you. But it was just that moment. And and you didn't. I think you were just saying, oh, this isn't working for me because, you know, I, I, it's not working. And it, there was a... It wasn't because it, I couldn't be heard. And exactly. Exactly. It down to me. But, all my fault. And I wasn't wearing the right headphones. And exactly. And I properly. And I wasn't wearing the right clothes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I hadn't yeah. watched that day and all but that it, kind of stuff. It was. It, well, the fabulous <laughs> bit about it was it was, it was, it couldn't have been a better piece of radio drama if it had been on the archers itself it was just such a majestic this is Tony, for me, moment, Tony, wasn't at it? this yeah. point i have to interject to say that <laughs> jonathan made my dad's life and my dad had, <laughs> had a very full life and a, and a quite an amazing career um as many people know he actually sits in the house of lords so he's done a few things and of course we go to lords every year to watch the cricket and, of course, Jonathan's an MCC member, so I'd always arranged to meet Jonathan with a few other of my drunken mates, one of whom, funnily enough, is Jonathan's agent. And uh, we would meet in the Harris Gardens to get more drunk. Jonathan would 
always be texting me saying, Chidge, 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 where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Obviously fearing the worst, that I would be incapable of even walking, let alone speaking by the time he met me. Anyway, I met him in the Harris Gardens, and who should he have with him but the actor that played Nigel Pargeter in The Archers, and I announced this fact to my dad, who who almost went weak at the knees. He couldn't believe he'd <laughs> met such stardom. Do you remember that, J.K.? Yeah. That could yeah. have been now become captain of the Stage Cricket Club, and we're after members. So if we ever get back, anybody out there want to play for the Stage Cricket Club, if we ever get back to playing cricket, very good midweeks, very good <clears throat> uh, Sundays. And you get to play with, with the man who fell off the roof in The Archers. There we and go. It was the, uh, was the longest fall, apparently, because he's supposed to have fallen from the church roof. But he fell for so long that it was actually a sixteen-story sky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. um, let's uh, we, we, let's go back to the sports tonight live one because, in a sense, that's where we kind of. Uh, you know, I love this actually. It's kind of like it reminds me of some kind of weird. I know the Magnificent Seven. You know where they kind of pick up random gunslingers along the way, and I, it's kind of how I feel about the fan cast. We're going to pick everybody up randomly we meet in the pub in the cock we decide that yeah you're all right you'll do for us and you off you come and i kind of have always loved that about this and that's the same could be said of dan now i yeah. for the life of me because of course i've got the memory of a goldfish can't remember how i met dan how it all happened but suddenly dan would be appearing on the benches i think particularly at sports tonight live dan am i right yeah because i think that's when i first came on board because i think i met you to give you a ticket to port Canaville at some point i think that's how it started and then we got chatting. You said, I'll come along on Monday night. We're doing the fan cast. And I came and sat on the benches with um, Chadder, Andy Silverman, and yeah. Harry Baker. Harry Baker? One yeah. Harry Baker? Yeah. Christ. And then we just sat on the bench. You came to us occasionally. And then I think I think I got dropped. I think Pablo was late or couldn't make it for a session. I got thrown, on a, thrown in. Yeah, it's onto my, it. my, Chef and Silver was next in line. He did, he wasn't interested. He was just happy to sit on the bench. Not I thought it was a clever plan, Dan. I thought you planned it perfectly. Oh, superb! Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. I locked Pablo in the toilet, and then I'll get on, and I'll prove that I'm excellent. And then they yeah. won't. I was say, yeah. say excellent. I say mediocre. I'm kind of like probably like you know Chris Sutton in the podcast world. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's bring yourself down. No, 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 yeah. no. And then um, yeah, then, like, no, no, that's even worse. Sorry, I shouldn't have said. Yeah, that. and then. I saw graduates because I think people sort of fell by the wayside, like Ross, Ross Moore and people like that, and then became a regular in the bunker in Pimlico. There's been, been, you know, a mainstay ever since, more or less. Well, the thing is, right, I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, doing the the show, uh, the ones I've kind of pre-recorded with all the original lot, you know, who kind of, uh, you know, sunk in people's consciousness. But the reality is that the current mob that I've got now, which are you lot, actually, who I love to pieces, as you all know. But I'm just kind of thinking, um, if we started in 2008, and there seemed to have been a bit of a sea change in about 2013, 15, it's a bit like, Marco will like this, it's a bit, a bit like the Stranglers, right? I always think of the Stranglers with Hugh Cornwall being the lead singer. But the reality is, the bloke who's now the lead singer, whose name I can't even begin to think what it is, has actually been in The Stranglers longer than Hugh Cornwall. <laughs> and that's a bit like you lot. You've actually all been putting up with me, abusing you on a Monday night, probably longer than any of that lot who think that they're the original lineup. You know what I mean, Marco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fair enough. It the is thing indeed. is, I mean, it's like, it's like a football club, isn't it? I mean, eventually, <laughs> you know, players players move on they do 
sometimes for a fee. Cheech, Cheech, thankfully, it's, it's I got like... thankfully I got Jonathan Kidd on a free from Ch- from the Chels. But sorry, Clayton. Cheech. No, no, Cheech, we're like Trigger's broom, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that when I'm about yeah. to take a sip of this. I spat yeah. it out. Thing, well in, in, a, in a hundred years' time, Cheech. <laughs> in a hundred years' time, they'll be digging out. Uh, recordings of this, whoever the host is, and going, yes, and in the pantheon of greats is the immortal Chidge. <laughs> I don't think so. Who hosted the fan cast from 2008 until until his demise in 2000. And, I don't know. What would you go for? <laughs> well, do you know what? Let's Mark, go there. <laughs> well, Matt, mate, I tell you, you may laugh, but I mean, uh, talking to a lot of the other lot, I was just trying to think that if if uh, if I do another five hundred shows, right? Let's say it's going to take another twelve years. I'll be sixty bloody seven, mate. Sixty-seven. Oh, well, with that. Well, okay, Jonathan. There's hope for me yet. Then, uh, anyway, Dan uh, was uh, an addition around the Sports Tonight Live time, yeah. and I think the next in line was Clayton. Am I right, Clayton? Because you turned yeah. up at the flat, didn't you? I know that. So when I we did. got I, was, I wasn't asked. Life. I just turned up. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way no, to I, get on, I, mate. I started writing for the website uh, and did that, and then you asked me to come on. It's good. Well, I have to say, Clayton, you you, you have been uh, such a great addition to the Fancast family, not just because of the sense that you talk on the show, but also. The fact that you've been going for such a long time and are so knowledgeable about the game. But uh, like everybody here, you know, you, you've enlightened and enriched our lives in the pubs before and afterwards as well, which is, as you know, always been the more interesting part of the game for me than the actual football itself. So I thank you deeply at, at, for that. And at Lords as well. And at Lords as well. So there we go. We've got Martin, you, Jonathan, and Dan. I had a very pissy day with Dan at Lords. So there we go. Um, we love the cricket too, don't we, boys and girls? Yeah. Now, that was the most drunk I've ever been at that at a game of cricket. And then I've gone to watch Liverpool lose the Champions League final, which was just capped the day off, really. <laughs> yeah, for, the, for those who don't understand what Martin's talking about, he, he, he made the mistake of meeting me for a drink at Lord's. But un, un, unfortunately, that day was the day I took my wife. You think I'm, you think I'm trouble? You've not met her. Is this uh, the day where she was going around grabbing bottles of champagne like by the bottle? No, close, Alex. She basically turned up at the she wanted to have a glass of champagne, which then ended up being a bottle, and then she decided what she really wanted was to have a magnum. And they, no, 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 she wanted to go and sit in the garden with her bottle of champagne, and the very typically Lord's officious steward on there wouldn't let her in the Verve Clico bar which is where the garden was. And she wasn't having that. So she said, well, what do I have to do to get in here? You have to buy a magnum, uh, 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 whatever he called her. So she said, that's not a problem. So in we went, and that's it. We basically drank magnums of champagne for the rest of the day. So when I phoned Martin to say, do you want to have a beer, mate? I couldn't get out of the garden. So Martin came in and joined us. We basically had three magnums between the three of us. Oh. It was a long day. It was a long day. Martin I got back to Holston that evening and the Champions League finals and all these, you know, West London Liverpool fans there. I was, you know, walking past, you know, muttering under, under my breath that I'd been to Anfield more times than any of them put together. And then I cheered when Bale scored and, you know, just, it just an, an enjoyable end to the day. <laughs> 
good memory. Um, right. I, 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 before I get to Dane and Dean, uh, who are, uh, well, Dan, Dane, and Dean. I mean, Dan earlier, obviously, but Dane. They do sound like an American kind of surfer band or something. Mm. So anyway, I'll get to them in a minute. But before I do that, I've got to big up the Smut Buddies because I've already said that. Um, basically, um, Alex, I only really met because she published this fantastic book uh, about Chelsea uh, football players in the Great War. And her and Holmes, who's a lovely bloke who I got horribly drunk with, with Tony, funnily enough, in, in Eep, in Wipers, on the Chelsea. Oh, that was his birthday party yeah. with the chocolate beer cake. Well, me, uh, me, Holmes, Dyer and Tony basically drank until we couldn't speak or walk. Uh, and I love them for that. But I got you on the show because of them. And, and, and I have to say, not only that, Alex, but the fact that the you've been on it regularly ever since. But you write these, this amazing blog, The Girl Who Likes Balls, which, I mean, I've, I've said to you, you are the football, you are to football writing what Hunter S. Thompson was to political writing in the 60s and the 70s. You are an absolute genius. And I love you for allowing us to publish it on the fan cast. But actually, before I, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil and my life flashes before me, what I remember about you is you and Tony on the Chelsea fan cast being even smuttier than I could dream of being. And that is some achievement. Over to you. (laughs) What? Smut buddy. You see, yeah, it, it... Yeah, I, I'm speechless because she's she's lovely, Alex, and, and uh, every time we meet, we have a a, a good old chinwag. And honestly, in April last year, um, not only was she fantastic company, but um, so knowledgeable as well, um, and you know, just just a fantastic person to have talking to us about stuff that you know that we barely scraped uh, scratch the surface of. Um, and I just think that there's a there was a a kind of friss on there, you know, that you, you someone's going to play on that and, and people go, you sexist old dinosaur. And she you is a sexist old she, dinosaur. <laughs> but she isn't a sexist dinosaur. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a very liberated, very liberated woman. But um, I think, you know, it's just, it's good to have that. And and I, I, I've said it before, there, there aren't enough um, uh, female voices in football anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So to get somebody um, with uh, such fabulous sort of like thought out opinions and and shoots from the hip occasionally but usually with some great ammunition behind her um i think it's great I, I, it's fantastic she doesn't come on the podding shed anywhere near enough even though the podding shed is furloughed um at the moment i've, I've been I was furloughed, furloughed for the last three years mate what are you talking it's about furloughed, it's been furloughed for this season because i knew what was coming no it's uh, not furloughed it's merloed merloed <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's very oh yeah it's very good yeah, I'll raise it. Tony, talking of the podding shed. Um, basically, you you are you are quite unique to the the Chelsea fancast because I didn't know you from Adam really before you turned up. But I, you know, I, I can't stand this podcast as everybody knows. So I, you know, I used to I used to listen to the podding shed instead, which is a far superior podcast with far more sensible and funny people on it. And I've been listening to you lot for for since you've been doing it. And also, more to the point, reading your fantastic blogs in the days when you could be asked to write. Because yes, you're, you're yes, a bloody yeah, yeah, good yeah. writer and you should yeah. take it up again, mate. Yes. So I actually, I you are the, the unique amongst all of the people here that I actually sought out and said, Tony, I want you to be on my bollocks to your podding shed, mate. 
I want you to be in my gang because you fit in so well. And here you are, and you've been here ever since, and you still do the podding shed when you're not furloughed or merloughed. Yes, and, and, and indeed, and I think this I've, I've taken a little bit of a break this season, whilst uh, uh, you know everything else has been going on. But I, I, I'm, my first fan cast appearance was actually, I'm guessing, the Sports Tonight Live thing was the the TV days. Right, it was, and and um, I, I remember Greg. Uh, I got the message said, you know, you're going to be on, and all this sort of stuff. Have you got a camera? Have you got all this sort of stuff? Um, and and it came to me, and I remember. I'm sure it was, was it Greg Grimes who was the yeah, some, Gripper, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said, right, you're going to be on next, and 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 it, it was Davina esque. He said, please, no swearing. Um, and so I was thinking. Oh shit! I thought you could swear on it. Realising, of course, it was uh, it was actually on TV then, and we had a we had a good chat on this. And I, I remember because a few weeks before that, you'd had Johnny Dyer on there, uh, and I'd never seen Johnny look so so quiet. I'd never seen him. He'd actually, I think, he was in the actual studio with you, um, and he looked distinctly uncomfortable throughout the whole thing. I thought, oh god, I can't go on as another potting shed representative and 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 be a, a wallflower. I've, you know, I've got to make a, a bit of a noise here or whatever. Um, and and that's my first recollection of it. I think I might have even, uh, you might have cajoled me into telling the Peter Osgood the, the 1970 story. It was when I when I you know, um, first started supporting Chelsea um, even then. Uh, and, and it's gone on to greater things. And I mean, I've actually nicked some of your, plagiarised some of your ideas, which is a very high praise indeed, you know. So I I don't script the podding shed as such and send it out. I, I, I give, uh, you know, whoever the guests are, um, you know, a few bullet bullets as to what we're going to talk about. But I do the intro and the outro. Um, and I have them scripted because it was just a simple little thing like that that stopped me stuttering over the microphone and going, um, 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 you know, so little tips like that. So it's been it's been great fun doing it. And, of course, every single person on here that I've met physically, Mark, Alex, JK, Martin, Clayton, Dan, and you, um, I've met through this or through Twitter. And so when people give me, you know, you get the old lectures about that bloody crap social media and, and you know, and, and you never meet anybody... Uh, and, and it's not the way to do things. Well, I think bollocks, because this this has been a great way of doing it. And I wouldn't have done this without the Twitter and without meeting up with everybody and that sort of stuff. So I think it's, you know, um, it, it's if anyone wants a model of how modern life and social media can work for for good this this is this is the one that says it all, isn't it? Yeah, right. You've got you've got you've got a virtual pub mm. meeting from people who meet each other. You know, once every fortnight or so, maybe. Yeah, no, that's a good point, man. Yeah. I, I I totally agree with that. Right, last but by no means least, uh, Dean and uh, Dane. Now, Dean, I got to know because Dean, of course, writes for CFC UK and was very kind to, uh, you know, I mean, really, to be honest, was the backbone of people who write for the for the uh, for the fan cast these days. So, uh, Dean. Number one, thank you, and it's really lovely to. I mean, this is the thing that I really like about the fan cast as a whole it's always evolved always evolved you know talk about the great liverpool sides of the 70s and the great man united side of the 90s ferguson would always recruit wisely and i'd like to think that i've got a little bit of that about me because every every so often i bring some new people into the fold and you of course are one of them so i mean what were your impressions of the fan cast before before you got the call as it were well, I've always sort of been a been a fan of the fan cast. I remember listening to the ones with the benches and the TV show, and sort of in and out of being like a regular listener. And since sort of 2016, I'd say I've been a you know full time sort of 
fan of the show, and it's still a bit surreal to be to be here with with all you who I've listened to for so long. And you know, Chidge was you know, grateful to have me writing for the website, and then we met um, at a game in the in the cop, and then got invited on. And it's you know, even now, I still think to myself that I'm actually uh, involved in the show in that sense. I mean, actually, you bring up a really good point there, there, Dean, and this also applies to Dane. You know, there, there. I mean, I, I know this might sound stupid or silly or, or wanky or whatever, but I get, I get, you know, twa- tweeted, twatted. I get twatted regularly too, actually. But I quite often get tweeted by people or emails saying, "Oh, we really want to be on the show," and and I always say no because basically there's there's an absolute golden rule about being on the fan cast. I if if I haven't had a beer with you before the game, you aren't coming on the show. It's that simple. Unless you're really famous and you've got something really so interesting to say that I can't say no, you don't get to be a regular on the fan cast unless you've had a beer with me and the boys before the game. Those are the rules. And that's exactly what we did, wasn't it, Dean? Yeah, I remember um, I took my godson with me. We met in the cop, got you the Guinness. I've uh, been a couple of times since, but you know, I haven't met many of the others in person. Um, hopefully when this is all over, we can all share a beer. Yeah. Well, I've got a better idea, Dean, actually, and this has been ruminating whilst we've been kind of doing this whole prep for the 500th. But I think when this is all done and dusted, we've got rid of, uh, uh, or as Boris likes to say, when we've beaten the battle of coronavirus, I'm gonna, we're going to have a reunion. We're going to have a big party. We had a party in 2013 at the end of the... 2013 season up at Putney Station, which was just brilliant. We had about 50, 60 people there. Beautiful game, did an acoustic set. Bobby Tambling turned up with Spy and was sat downstairs and had a. It was basically there was a queue of people at the party queuing up to meet Bobby Tambling. It was just brilliant. I remember pretty much being the last man standing about two o'clock. But we need to do something like that again because I tell you what. Uh, if nothing else, and I, 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 I say this now in case I forget later on, if nothing else, I mean, s- screw talking about football every week. Screw putting out a podcast that people like to listen to. For me, this has always been about meeting just some absolutely fantastic uh, people that I never would have met if it hadn't been for doing this, that I would never have met if it hadn't been for Chelsea. You've all become firm, firm friends. I mean, as you all know, most of you are at my my 25th wedding anniversary party, which was a bit of a big deal. And if you weren't there, you were invited. And, you know, that's the point for me. You, you've transcended that weird kind of barrier that often we had where you had football friends and friends. But that's not happened with this. You are all great friends, and I love you to pieces. Every single one of you, you little monkeys. Anyway, last but by no means least, uh, the newest member of the fold, uh, who, you see, here's the thing. Dane, this, he's only—I mean—he's only been on one show. He made his debut last week. He's been the the maestro behind our Instagram account for I don't know about the last year because I can't figure out how to work it. But actually, the reality is I've known Dane for a long, long time. Why do I know Dane? Because I had a beer with him in the cock pub. Isn't that right, Dane? Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't buy one, but oh, we did saying, have a beer. Sorry, dude. Is that if anyone buys you a beer, they can come on? Well, it depends how many, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true isn't it Dane I met you in the cock years ago and you said I've got to come and say hello because I love the show and I said who are you and we had a beer we had a good chat years yeah. later you're on the show yeah yeah it's obviously I've got distant memories of my uh, first 
first debut on the show just over a week ago. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we either talked about it last week on the podcast or on my Chelsea episode. Obviously, I got into the podcast probably late November, I think 2015, when Mourinho's last spell was coming to an end. And when your team is struggling or losing, you carry it around your neck like this massive heavy chain. I found the podcast, which I obviously got into, helped with my frustrations of being a football fan at the time. You know, listening to, can I say, like-minded, intelligent supporters really helped me as a fan deal with what seemed like at the time. You'll you'll go far, you will. (laughs) (laughs) You must have been listening to the podding shed, Tony. (laughs) Are you you grooming him, Chidge? Is it going to be Dane, Dane and Dean's? At Chelsea fancast in in thirty years. No, Dane, Dane, Dean, and Dan. They are the Dane, youngest. Dean and Dan, Dan can be the elder, can be the veteran, can't yeah. he? Oh, I remember what it was like in the nineteen yeah. nineties watching Luca Viali and Rudolin. <laughs> oh dear, oh lord, I have my rattle with me. Oh, sorry, we digress. Dane, is that what I sound like? Yes. Oh, I didn't realise. <laughs> Dane, sorry, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, just discovering the podcast seemed to help me deal with what was going, seemed to be going from bad to worse with the Mourinho situation. Obviously, me personally, I can only still talk as a listener, and it's the enjoyment as the listener I get. Well, I used to get when I used to see the download available on a, on a Tuesday morning. Every one of you has contributed since I've been obviously listening in the last five years, and you've all moved me in some way mostly in positive ways. I've obviously agreed with you, disagreed with you at some times, but totally respected and understood where you're all coming from. Uh, I suppose, again, you know, my personal memories are just from a listener. You know, I just can't wait to to put the fan cast on and see what you all have to say about a win, lose or a draw and etc. It's 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 because you all, you all get it. You're all cut from the same cloth and you all know what it means to be Chelsea. Dane, I have to say, and I, and I, you know, you're right. I did talk to you about this last week, but and you, I remember as you said, said, "What, what, what? Why on earth would I? What should I be on this, mate? You, you know, all these people have been on there for years. I've only been on." I said, "Look, Dane, you've got the perfect perspective on this because you've been listening to this show for years, so you have a completely different perspective from all of us, and you've just absolutely exemplified it there. And I love you for that. So <laughs> that's you. brilliant. Thank you for those comments. Now, listen, people, oh, you're welcome. we're gonna. I think. I think enough of the." the blowing smoke up each other's arse and, and being completely self-indulgent. I'm half a bottle of champagne in on my own. <laughs> uh, I think we need to move on because we've got so many lovely messages and emails from people which I really want to want to do justice to and read out. And if I, if, if I don't move on now, I'll be too pissed to read them. So we're going to have a short break and then we're going to do the emails. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast 500th episode, uh, which will be at least 500 hours long by the time we finish it. Because drink has been taken. Because we're celebrating. And why the hell shouldn't we just do just that? And I've got the lovely, in no particular order, Dane Whittle. Uh, good evening. Thank you. Mr. Dean Mears. Evening. Dan Chiellini Silva. Who is the only one, by the way, wearing a Chelsea Fancast t-shirt. Probably because he's the only one who can still fit into one. I certainly can't <laughs> fit into mine. Martin Wickham. 
I've run out of beer. Well, you can <laughs> nip off and get some. Nobody will no, mind. I've got two minutes here. The legend that is Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Tony Glover. How are you doing? Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera. Oh, that's naughty, because Marco Worrell's next, and that's his byline. Good evening. Ah, <laughs> I'm the JK. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> well, it could have been worse. It could have been good evening, couldn't it? Evening. And last, but by no means least, Alex... The girl. What? Yeah. Yeah. That did get me. Alex, Alex Churchill, who. uh, Arabic. It's Arabic, okay. Fingen Scheimin Fadlach and uh, and her cat, Bertie, who's disappeared somewhere. Anyway, we digress because uh, we've kind of had a good old uh, session talking about Peter Bonetti. We've been having a bit of a a love in about the fan cast and what we all get out of it, why we're all here, and all that kind of thing. And it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it tonight. But now we've got. More of a loving, I won't lie. I did tell you at the beginning of the show, if you, if you, if you don't want to hear uh, nine, ten, whatever it is, people blowing smoke up their ass for two and a half hours and all of that, then don't listen. Uh, but I'm afraid it gets worse because actually now we're going to hear from the people that really count. Much as I love all the people that are on the show with me tonight, and I really do, um, this show is nothing at all without the people who, who listen to it week in, week out. And I, and I know people who've been listening to this show from the day we started it, and some of them are actually uh, have sent messages in. So there's a load of messages that I really want to read out. Some great long emails sharing some experiences. I'm sure we can bounce around off that as well. But I'll kick, I'll kick the ball rolling uh, with one from Ryan Dellinger, who, of course, we've known for a long time, who says, 500, what a wild and crazy ride. Can't wait to tune in. Well done, Ryan. I hope you're listening. He's probably in Mixler tonight, actually. He probably kind of announced himself. Uh, Jonathan? I thought we were doing the... Um... Well, there's lots of messages. It starts with Ryan, and then it goes on with Lauren Foley, and then Mike Keegan. I've got... What JK's saying, Chidge, is that he doesn't do two-liners. You can't waste... <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll do the next one then. I Lauren, Lauren... It says Natalie Bartley is my next one. Well, um, oh, have I, have I fucked up on the running Natalie order? Natalie Bartley, Mark Measures, some some idiot called Jonathan Kidd, no, Ryan you, you, know, you know something... Lauren Farley. Yeah. You, well, I don't know why I'm missing a page. I'm doing a Jonathan. This is not, this is, by the way, this is not a tribute act. <laughs> this is not a tribute uh, tribute act even to uh, Jonathan Kidd, but I've done a Jonathan Kidd and I've got out of sequence here, Jonathan. So yeah, why no, don't no. you read, why don't you read Natalie, Mark and Jonathan Kidd? Jonathan Kidd sent us a message. Did he? Yeah. Um, Natalie Elizabeth Bartley. I will need to listen to this one. 500 already. Can I, can I, can I, can I Yes. Can I just say, Natalie has been listening from the very, very early days, and I remember we. If anybody remembers that wonderful um, uh, American uh, drama about uh, a president, I can't remember what it's called now because I'm having a brain fart. But um, Jesus Christ, who was the guy? Right, okay, pop quiz. 24? What? Twenty-four. No, no. West Wing. West Wing. Uh... Right. The guy, Martin Sheen, there you go, it's all coming back. Right, Martin Sheen played the president, President Bartlett. And I used to say to Natalie, she'll remember this, let Bartley be Bartley, because that was the campaign slogan for Bartlett. Anyway, we digress. Next one, JK. Mark Measures. What about the episode when Dr. Mark forgot to plug the mic all the way in, so it sounded like he was 10 miles away? 
Yes, nobody can forget that one. Now, the other thing about Mark, Mark's been emailing in from the very very word go. And uh, I remember Dr. Mark not only uh, not plugging his mic in, but when he used to read the emails out, Jonathan, he, he pronounced Mark's name as Mark Me Arse. <laughs> Was that deliberate by any chance? No, he's just stupid. Okay. And there's some, some bloke called Jonathan Kidd. Yeah. Bravo, Chidge! Happy birthday to a fine, fine show presented by a fine, fine presenter. I couldn't believe it when I when I uh, saw that. Was that was that all, all meant from the heart or what? Why would I lie? You would never lie, Jonathan. That's very Why? true. Why? Of course, it's meant from the heart. You're a wonderful presenter. Well, you're a lovely man, and I, I owe you, you at get least very spiky for so apparent reason occasionally, and you seem to blame everybody else's equipment for your own failings. But apart from that, you're great. <laughs> a good workman always blames everybody else's tools. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, right now, this was a bad workman. I'm sorry, I'm from a different world here. I thought it was a different. We're in a world. parallel universe, anyway. Uh, Lauren Foley. Now, of course, Lauren was the first lady of the Chelsea fan cast. Bless her heart, and she is on the special that we're releasing after this. But she says, "Can't wait to have a laugh at this on Monday." Well done, Chidge. Uh, Martin. Uh, so, who, who, who's got Martin and Tony have got this in front of them, right? Yes. Martin first. You do, Bob. Okay, let's see if I can read the talk at the same time. Um, Bob Oosray, um, as I've said before, living in California, the fan cast is my point after the game. I love all the guests and the fans, and there's nothing like a good old JK ran. I've laughed and shed tears during the fan cast when JT left. <laughs> Thanks, Judge, and all your guests past and present. Happy 500th anniversary. Bloody hell, I didn't realise you were that old, Judge. I'm not doing bad for somebody who's 500, to be fair. Yeah, well done with you, Salah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Tony. Mike Keegan, uh, the absolute best memory and really the legacy of the show is all of the fantastic people I've met and the great friendships that came out of it. I speak to friends daily that I met through the pod and over the years we've lost a few listeners that won't be forgotten. Felix Varan, Nick Warner, Mike Wilde and Graham Kinsey. Chidge, Cheltel, Dr. Mark, the Normans, Lauren, Darren, Ross and Paul, you're all legends. The countless hours of entertainment meant so much to so many. Guest spots like Canners and Cundy should be required listening for any blue. Happy 500th show. Here's a Guinness with celery and a Claire and Menang, Menang and Menang to 500 more. I have no idea what Menang, Menang, Menang means, but hey, it sounds good. Right. I can, I can, I can clarify that one. I mean, basically, first of all, uh, happy birthday, Mike, because I know it's his birthday today. Mike, Mike's, Mike's from New Jersey. We used to have chats about New Jersey in the days of the Sopranos and things like that. Mike is a fine gentleman, but he's right, actually, to remember a few people that we've lost along the way. Uh, Felix, uh, who very sadly died very recently, as you'll know, because I mentioned it on the show. But I had the absolute fortune to go and watch a game with Felix out in San Diego in 2009. <clears throat> and uh, the others, Nick and Mike and Graham, were much-loved people who uh, used to listen to this show, and they're, they're sorely missed. Now, uh, what, um, what Mike is referring to, Tony, is... We got an email. I don't even know what year. Fucking hell. 2008-9. But uh, some some lad from Indonesia wrote uh, an email in Indonesian. <laughs> right, okay. And because I'm me, I thought, well, I don't care. I'm going to read it out anyway. So we read this email out in, in Indonesian, and it finished up with Manang, Manang, and Manang. Ah, anyway, I see. because I'm not a complete idiot, I Google translated it before we read it out, and it transpires that Manang, Manang, Manang meant win, win, win. 
Ah, and he wanted okay. Chelsea to manang, manang, manang. Anyway, there's a lovely guy called Alex. I think it was Alex who turned up from uh, America uh, to come and sit on the benches one week at Party Station. And I kid you not, he turned up with about six Chelsea shirts, right? With manang, you know where the name of the player goes, manang on it. So we all had these manang shirts, manang one. And we all wore them to the 2009 FA Cup final. So there you go. Ah. Very good. Right, now, I, good. I, I would like to read this one out because this is a very special one from the lovely Diana Jupp. She said, I've met so many wonderful people who are on the fan cast group. Most I now consider family. The camaraderie we have is unique and precious. I'm still yet to meet some, but it'll happen uh, once this awful time is over. Thank you, Chidge, for everything you do to keep our spirits going, and thank you for just being you. Now, I should say Diana is, is an absolute legend because we had this Facebook group called the Chelsea Fancast, amazingly enough, which kind of kick-started all of this thing, and then it all got very weird, and lots of weird people started joining it, and I lost interest, so did many others. Well, Diane picked up the, the gauntlet, and she set up a, a Facebook group called Chelsea Blue Bloods, which she runs... Which, which I'm in you're in she runs with a rod of iron and she's one of the loveliest people you will ever meet she knows a lot of the people that i i know through the fan cast like gaffer you know garfield bailey and his brother andrew mm. load of people like that and she is at, and she she's brilliant she just but she keeps the spirit of the football fan cast facebook group going as it was supposed to be in the in the group called the Blue Bloods, so. I, I, I met her in the in the cult. I think it was earlier this she? season. In this season, and and she's one of these people. I could have well, I could have said fuck the football. Let's just sit here and now. We could have done that. It, there was just it was it was that kind of immediate um, kind of rapport between us or whatever. You know, yeah. just 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 fabulous. It really was. Um, you know, so you know, but Alex is still first, obviously. Obviously, don't want to get yourself into trouble here. Yeah. Goes without saying. <laughs> Uh, JK, <laughs> would you like to read out Jason's? Jason Covey Duck. <clears throat> First, congrats on 500 shows. I've so many fond memories with you lot, from surprising you ahead of the 2008 FA Cup final at the Victoria to the numerous times you've invited me onto the show. So I can't really put it down to one exact memory. I'm blessed to have met so many great people because of the hard work you put in. To name a few, Ross Mooring, Mark Worrell, Dan Silver, Chris Norman, Dr. Mark, Chell Tell, He Who Must Not Be Named, DJ, Pablo, Mike Keegan, and of course, you, Chidge. I also have the distinction of being one of the catalysts to the Chelsea Fancast logo. That memory will stick with me every time I look at it. Congrats again, and keep the blue flag flying high. Yes, that's true, actually, because at Putney Station, we were all having a drink, as we do, and I had my pint of Guinness on the desk, and they all started throwing celery at me, as they did in those days. And have one, a, have one, a look at, What? Sorry, I was just going to say, have you, if you've got your Twitter feed open, have, have a look at the picture that um, Bonnie Rig Blues has just uh, replied to the Chelsea fan cast... 500th show. So if you're on that, oh, he's done us. He's done us. Cold War Steve, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. brilliant. That, that, <laughs> that's an Edward Hopper. Oh my lord, he is. Hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Alex. We look good in that at the bar. Alex <laughs> looks like she's scrubbed up very well. Oh, there. Blimey. Finn as well. I love him. I like it. Clayton looks very statesmanlike. <laughs> <laughs> you've still got your scarf on. 
Honestly. I look I look like I've squeezed myself so hard my head's gonna pop off. Nan looks like he's crash dieted and his head's ended up too big. You know whose body that is, don't you? No. Dan's head is on the body of Eden Hazard. Oh, <laughs> he's looking far yeah. too slim, I have to say. <laughs> um where were we? Yeah, right, Guinness, pint of Guinness in front of the desk. They all started attacking me with celery, and a lump of it fell into my pint of half pint of Guinness. At which point, I just stood up and said, "There you go, a Chelsea cocktail." And we took a photograph of it, and that that became the logo. That is the Chelsea Fancast logo, and it was Jason whose whose aim was the most accurate. Bless his heart. Now, um, whose turn is it, Martin? Oh, oh, Pink Samson, Brick. <laughs> Brink. <laughs> it's my accent, my heart a bit. <laughs> right, Pete Sampson. I achieved the team. I thought that I would send my memories of the Chelsea fan cast. Basically, I was around pre fan casting throughout the 500 shows. Originally, Dave Johnson presented the Chelsea fan cast for a few months, which was followed by a few shows by Cliff Auger. Most of the shows were interviews with people like Marco and Kelvin Barker. I'm sure Tim Rolls was involved at some stage. Then, of course, the baton was part handed to you guys. I'm sure you had a QPR fan on the first show. Should you confirm or deny? No, Sheridan Bird, not a QPR fan. Thank you. Anyways, I was travelling away into every Chelsea home match in the early days of the fan class, so I used to burn them onto a CD to listen to in the car before getting an iPod. In fact, I had every show archived at one time, apart from the show that never was show. If you can remember at the time... I'm sure my son Tyler was the youngest listener at nine, and considering some of the live recorded content, he was well inducted into proper shows. The only time I slacked a little was when you went onto Mike Parry's TV station. I did watch on some occasions, but it was never the same. The only sad memory I have of the fan cast was on the day it should have been a very happy memory. Basically, I had won a down of West Ham box or a fan cast competition. This was a particularly special day as it was shared with my then wife and dad and Sheltel and Dr. Mark. Fancast legends and brilliant hosts. Anyway, unfortunately for me, it was the same day I learnt my mum had cancer, so the day had mixed memories. When my money dried up and I lost a bit of enthusiasm for football, I used to use the fancast to help me walk the dog. I could usually get three or four walks out of one show. When the, when the dog walking stopped, I, by some twist of fate, found a new job that meant a commute of two hours per day. Plenty of time to listen. Anyway, thanks for all the memories. Here's to the next 500. Peter Sanson. Now I should say Marco knows this, but Pete, Pete's an absolute Chelsea legend. Pete edits the, uh, the well, I mean his website's the Chelsea Independent, but he was involved with fanzines, wasn't he? Once upon a time, Marco. Pete Sampson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know he calls his website the Chelsea Independent. I'm not sure if he was. Um, was he in a red card? Was that Mark Collis? I remember. Alan Collis. Alan Collis, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I was just going to say, I mean, I I, I first met Pete when he'd set up the website, the CFC Net website. Yeah, Pete's Pete's superb. I mean, as he said there, I mean, he's he's been listening forever. But Pete, I tell you what, is very supportive of what we do and has been a great help in... uh, Getting this to a wider audience. Um, I'm going to do a very uh, quick one here for Tony. And he's a mod. He's a mod. We are yeah. the mods. We are the mods. The first World War. 
Yeah, indeed. Tony, Nate Piacentino. Ah, uh, yes. Well, congrats on 500. Cheers. Jonathan, Andrew Davies. Gage and the rest of you lovely lot. Just a quick message to say congratulations on reaching a historic 500th episode. It really is testament to your dedication, enthusiasm and love of the limelight that you've got this far. Smiley face. <laughs> Here's to another 500, eh? Cheers and up the Chelsea, Andrew. And about this time, I'm realising that we have a lot of emails, more than we normally do. But I'm going to try and crack on with them because you know what the golden rule is, Jonathan, don't you? Fit them all in. We read them all. You know what, all, you know what this also means, don't you? 10 o'clock. No, we won't get to play the Chelsea football trivia quiz again. Again. <laughs> right, Robert Delcina. Now, Bobby D is a great friend of mine, and he's something, somebody that I met who, who's an expat. He moved to Australia, and uh, we got to meet several times over here. He very famously came over and when Canners was on the show, and he will tell you this, I'm sure, in the email. Hey, Chidge, the girls and boys, congratulations on your 500th show. It's been a long time, but you will never know the full extent of the importance of the service you provide. I left Blighty 19 years ago, and you regularly bring me back to the 90s, being down the pub with my mates and chewing the fat. It's fair to say that the football has always been the second most important part of supporting Chelsea. The first is, of course, the people around you. I experienced that when I came out eight years ago, got shat on by a pigeon, and had a couple of beers in the process. The fact I saw Torres score against the Spuds put the icing on the cake. It was West Ham, Bobby D. It wasn't Spurs. And I know that because you've got a T-shirt that I've seen a photograph of you in saying I was there when Torres scored. Anyway, my favourite part of the podcast has to be meeting you, Dr. Mark Cheltel, the Normans, Dazza, Mantle and Ross Mooring. Celery is nothing to be scared of in Putney Station and drinking obscene amounts of beer and then followed up with a curry. The fact that I met a true legend in Canners in the process and got to listen to his stories firsthand will be with me forever. Thank you so much in keeping me in touch with the Chelsea life and making 17,000 kilometres seem a lot closer. Hopefully we'll get to see you next September 2021. Kind regards, Bobby D. There you go, JK. Alan Rivero. Dave, thank you for your contribution, matey. Thank you for your contribution, matey. You're a true blue inspiration. As humble as you are, I can only imagine how much time and effort it takes to put it on for this long. Thank you. Very respectfully, Alan Rivero. No, Alan, it doesn't. It takes in minutes. Minutes. It it just gives you the impression it takes. (laughs) That's a very sweet email. Now, Tony, this is one from one of our favourite people, Tony, who... It um, is. It is. And Lester, because we named him after the song. We did. Um, so this is um, Andy Silverman. Um, no, no, Lester Thorpe. Uh, next, mate. Is it? Uh, yeah, oh, where's, where's Lester? Yeah. Uh, oh, got oh. a different script to everybody else, Chich. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's true, because these came in late. Ah. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you'll have to read them, Chidge. Yes, because okay. you're the only one that's got me front of you. <laughs> is, is, is Alan Rivero the last one you've all got? Have you not yeah, got Lester? Well, no, and, and, Andy, Andy Silverman, Silverman. is right. and then we've got some Instagram messages. All right, I'll do I'll do Lester. This was a photo I took on one of the chances I took to see the Blues on the last day of that season when Jose and the squad of past and present were there. I was lucky to be sitting in the family area that day and got there early enough to take this shot. I think it was the last game Didier played for us and the players chaired him off the pitch and later on in the celebrations he was crowned with a trophy. All the best for a great pod tonight and Lester. You're going to do it. Andy, Tony? Yeah, Andy Silverman, because he's, he's uh, met him a couple of times and he's a lovely bloke. And I remember him firmly um, when when he used to be on the benches. 
Um, With his know, millionaire so, shortbread. Yes, he's a fabulous, lovely, lovely, lovely he's a guy. Uh, yeah. 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 So here he goes. Yeah, 500 shows. What an amazing achievement for the double award winning fan cast. I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you, Chidge and company, for some amazing shows with great informative people, brackets, and JK, boom, boom, with fun <laughs> trips down memory lane and laughter. I'll never forget the story of the Champions League final game in Munich. Well, who will? And the bloke with fake accreditations who didn't have a seat and eventually found himself in a disabled section with a bloke who wasn't disabled in a wheelchair. <laughs> All right, Pav, yeah? Yeah, There was also Chidge's bingo, and of course, the best thing ever on the fan cast, the benches. Most of all, I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you um, for helping me in my personal fight because every Monday or after on a download during the week, I would have two hours, maybe longer, where nothing mattered and I was just listening and being Chelsea. Uh, your support, Chidge, and the others from the Chelsea Fancast family has helped me more than you'll ever know. I can't thank you enough, finally, more than the Fancast, but from it, I have made some incredible friends and memories personally. Too many to name, but you know who you are. A special mention goes to my Cockney trainee, Nikki D, a friend for life. Once again, happy 500 Fancast. Here's to when, once again, we can share a beer, have a laugh. And even go and watch a game. And uh, best wishes, former bench and a uh, former bencher Andy. I want to say because Andy uh, and uh, he's been very honest and open about um, uh, about you know some of the issues that he's had. Um, and you know just just when you when you know he's it, when 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 he lets people know and when he's having problems, the the outpouring um, of not just from us on the fan cast, but from the people who listen to the fan cast as well. Um, and from everybody, yeah, it, you know, it, it goes back to this um, social media and some of the positive aspects that, you know, that, that, can, that can really come out of this, where you properly do see the Chelsea family uh, in, in its full glory. It, it's lovely. And I'm really, really, really proud to read that for you, Andy. Really proud. Well yeah. said, Tony. Well said, mate. Yeah, definitely. I second that. We all know Andy really well. He's one of the nicest people you'll meet in the Chelsea family. He really, really is. And a very brave lad. And he makes the best millionaire shortbread in the world. I was lighting the mood. Did all right Pav do something similar for the Amsterdam final? Would he, he did. up next to the Dutch oh, Mar- royal family or something silly like that? <laughs> Marco, Marco's got the story. All right, What's Pav. That? All right, oh, Pav. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, quick, quick very quickly... Um, Obviously, he couldn't get, uh, he didn't have enough loyalty points for some reason. Can't remember why. Anyway, long and the short of it was um, he was the only member of our little gang who didn't have a ticket for the game. But being a very resourceful soul, he came up with a cunning plan, which not only worked in the Champions League final, but he reprised um, for the Europa League final when he actually did have a ticket. Um, so yeah, so basically he, he made a um, UEFA pass, press pass, uh, and blagged his way into the Alliance Arena and, and um, came and stood with us. And then the, the, uh, the stewards noticed that there wasn't an extra seat. So we said to him, look, they're, they're coming over, mate. You're going to get nicked. And there was only like 10 minutes of the game gone. So so he scuttled off and um, went, went into the, uh, the uh, disabled area. <laughs> where the, where the, where the, 
<laughs> quite a few uh, people who um, he was like wondering, really? And then and then when when Chelsea. When Chelsea equalised, this bloke in a wheelchair leapt out. That's what I'd expect. Out of his wheelchair. Come on, Chelsea! The miracle. It was a miracle. And then, and then the funny thing was, I mean, obviously he did that, and then he came out to celebrate with us later on. But when we got to the final of the Europa, um, he thought, well, I'll, I'll do this again. But he had a ticket. And, and the intention this time was, if Chelsea won, he was going to go and um, try and get over with the players and celebrate with them. And there's a, there's a brilliant picture, um, which if I can find it, I'll, I'll just post now on, on Twitter of him with, with Juan Mata. And Juan Mata's holding up his winner's medal and there's Pav next to him holding up his fake pass. <laughs> it's quite scary really um that, that that he's able to do that. But he but I've known him since he was a kid and he always had um he always had the front to carry it off. Uh so yeah brilliant story. Great stuff. Yeah I mean, I remember hearing that story the first time. I think you came on the show quite soon after that. And we were absolutely wetting ourselves with laughter and the bare-faced cheek of All Right Pav, who, of course, is one of the uh, the main characters in the one man went to Moe and Overland and Sea Books, isn't he? He is indeed, yeah. Mm. yeah. Gate 17 through and through. He is indeed. Right. Now, uh, as my memory serves, uh, the next two emails are only I have. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yes, indeed. I, um, shall, we... I shall read them in the style of Jonathan Kidd. I'm looking at this. It's great scrutiny. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> dearest dearest Chidge and very special invited guests. <laughs> it's been a great pleasure to listen to the show for 500 episodes. That's Boris Johnson. <laughs> well, there's a thing, Martin. Maybe you should talk to Jonathan's agent. Anyway, I shall read it now in the style of Chidge because it's too labouring to do it like John. I don't know how he does it all day, voiceovering like that. Goodness me. It's grown in such a magnificent way over that time. I've enjoyed uh, having input into the Facebook group before it all went a bit weird and would be something I would read daily with a bunch of like-minded individuals. Your suggestion of the Blue Bloods group seems to epitomise the relationship of what it means to be a Chelsea fan and this part of my life is fulfilled once more. Since having children, my trips to Stamford Bridge and beyond have dried up, however. I will still always remember you buying me a glass of rum in the Mort House to celebrate Lord Admiral Nelson's birthday. Of course, Trafalgar Day, absolutely. The immortal memory. Um, and of course, now I've lost my place. There we go. Uh, having chats with Cheltel and watching a game together in the East Stand, as well as being lucky enough to sit on the sofa at Dr. Mart's. Not a privilege most people can claim. Anyway, you guys truly have shown that a podcast is more than just something you do. You may or may not have realised you've created a family. A family of Chelsea fans. Sorry to the Podding Shed boys. Oh, sorry, Tony. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry to the Podding Shed boys, the Chelsea and the American podcast, but it's not the same as yours. I look forward to the next 500 for sure. My favourite moment has got to be Menang, Menang, and Menang, 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 Menang again. Why was that so popular? I have no idea. Uh, I was in stitches, and it still makes me giggle recalling it now. See, those are the days when casual racism was allowed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, 
Not like today. We can't get away with that kind of schmozzle these days. Anyway, um, it was all it was all meant in the best possible taste. Um, anyway, Tales from the Shed were very good as, as, as northern as a real people too. <laughs> yes, indeed, I remember that. I'm very grateful to all of the time you've gone to given given to uh, to out. Hang on, I'll try that again. I'm very grateful to all of the time you've given to uh, to to put into this. I just hope one day that someone yet to be discovered in the rainforest, Amazon rainforest, Stuart, get it right, will get to hear this triumph of spirit and the love of all things Chels. Should we meet again when this is all over? You're all due a number of drinks from me. I think right now that's probably the last thing I need. Anyway, apart from Jonathan, of course, to protect his angelic vocal symphony. <laughs> How about that? Keep it blue, keep it carefree, and up the chills. Jonathan, on a related point, um, when I did the interview with Darren, I think I might have cut this out because I didn't want to fluff your ego up anymore. But Darren actually admitted on tape to me when I did the interview with him that he had badgered me for years to get you to be on the show every week. So he's claiming in the entire credit for your... Uh, I owe it all to him. Yeah, your right-hand manship. But had had he heard about my, my faux pas with uh, with Andy Saunders? I think that probably would have endeared you, you uh, him to you, no, Even you more. to him more, actually. But there we go. Right, now the last email. I'm sorry, sorry everybody, lots of emails, blah, blah, blah. But fuck it, it's the 500th show. People want to write and say how much they love us. I ain't going to deny them the privilege. So the last one is from Christopher Larwood, who is not related to Harold Larwood, from what I Shame. recall. Shame. Um, although he might uh, disagree with me. He says, Hi, Chidge. It was the Tuesday after Easter 2018 when I received a highly suspicious email advising I was the lucky winner of an online competition I vaguely remembered entering. Small matter of a trip to the UK and tickets to the cup final. Uh, Chris is from Adelaide in Australia, by the way. That was a dream that did come true and all the better for spending part of the day with you at the Victoria Paddington where I also met fancast crew Dan Silver, Stuart Norman and Darren Mantle. What a glorious day. I must have first discovered the Chelsea Football Fancast later in 2018. Not the very beginning, but early... Actually, that's pretty much near the beginning, Chris. Anyway, it was a great programme because unlike the club's attempt with Gavin Peacock... Sorry, the Reverend Gavin Peacock, it was by fans who went to games and lived in the manor. There were riotous times at Putney Station and it did give those over land and sea an insider's perspective of the game that day, the chant of the match, the Guinness moment, direct from a bunch of mates over a pint. Damn proper. I've always enjoyed fan culture aspects, the tales from the shed, recollections of the dark days of the club and past players, great and not so great, managers that came and went, an interesting mix of great guests, geezers, all with their own Chelsea story. I have to say I enjoyed the show as much when you didn't talk about football, i.e. the game just played, as many other programmes covered that. Some highly biased analysis has to be part of a Chelsea Football Club show, I guess. And you used to joke about we might even have time to talk about football this week. No such luck. The singing segments were always a chuckle and invariably I learnt a new song or joined in if I knew. If I, knew. Uh, I was going to suggest heading to a pub to do the 500th show, but current events make this an impossibility. I think we've kind of replicated it quite well tonight, actually, judging from the looks on people's faces but there you go um i reckon introducing the by the boys a beer jingle would have generated a tidy sum so you could drink the show's success with thanks from your many distant fans chris there's always patreon okay anyway so many congratulations and bravo indeed for all the time effort and passion you've invested into the show ably assisted by jk and the revolving list of all-star guests i look forward to many more and hope the adelaide chelsea flag i sent occasionally flies high up the chels Blue Rue, yeah, Christopher Larwood, wonderful bloke. We met him before that final. We had such a laugh with him and his and his son. 
Brilliant. That's it. No more emails. But we do have some Instagram from Dane, who yeah, is hi. the Instagram supremo of Chelsea Fancast. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a couple of short messages here. Uh, the first one is from Robert Sinclair, who is at Robinson777, who says, awesome achievement. Well done, all. 500 more, please. Next one is from Kristin, who is at Kristin Pulisic. She put, wow, amazing. Kristin she, also does amazing edits on Chelsea player picks. She's Twitter. also wow, amazing, by the way. Yeah, she does some amazing player edits on, on, on Twitter and they become really good screensavers for, for, for the fans on their phone. The next one is from uh, at Aurelius13, who is a big, I've communicated with him quite a few times on Instagram. He's a big fan, always has something really nice to say. He just put, congrats, here's to another 500. Uh, the next one is from Kyle Cassidy, who is at KCAS613, who did the bicep flex emoji. Next one is from Andrick, who is Andreas. He put congrats. It's a super podcast. Uh, next one is from Matt Tyler, who is at Matty, L-E-R-J-R-E, who put congratulations, Chidge, JK, and all the crew. Most entertaining podcast I listen to each week here about the great work. Uh, the next one is from Kendall Douglas, who is at SteezyZ33, who says, happy 500 to the best podcast there is. And the last one to make the cut, who is Nicholas from Sweden, Nicholas Lenartsen, who, sorry, it's on my phone, it come in late. Let me check the phone quickly. He said, well done, Chidge and the troops, all the way from Sweden. So thank you very much. Marvellous. Nick, Nick's a good lad, by the way. Well, that's it. No more bloody emails. No more bloody show. No more 500th episode. Jesus Christ. I mean, I haven't even drunk all of my champagne yet. I mean, I've got like, we should do a lock-in. What do you reckon, Tone? Should we do a lock-in? Yeah, you've still got that to come, haven't you? I've got to work tomorrow. <laughs> Mate, bloody so have I. Um, so you have know. I. And I've got, to, I've got to have a piss as well in a minute. So I'm going to do the uh. outro and then we can all go. <laughs> there's still like three, six. There's still eight of us in. There's still a record for the progress. We've lost Alex. We've lost Dan. Uh, they had better things to do, clearly. But uh, no, no, they had to go. And I don't uh, berate them for that. Right, no, that's seriously, people. That is all we've got time for this week. Uh, I have to say, actually, it's been a real a real pleasure uh, being all together, even in this weird Zoom thing. But some of the memories that we dug up, having a drink, having a bit of a bollocksy chat, has been a real tonic. And But in a sense, that epitomises for me what this bloody silly show has been all about for for 12 years 500 episodes and as i said earlier on it's been an absolute privilege to to do it all all with you you are some of the loveliest people that i've ever had the pleasure to meet and be with so thank you very much you lot you should all give yourself a massive round of applause actually oh shucks even you marco there we go <laughs> can i give what it might be what from a listener obviously being the listener for the last five years i think you lot deserve now i can see the other side i think uh yeah i suppose yeah you know i have i've experienced the other side and i obviously appreciate and respect the hard work that goes into everything now i'm seeing through the emails what you lot get up to with from the website to the podcast to writing and you put in the email, well, what does the fan cast like really mean to you as a person? And I believe it's the extension of the match day experience, whether it's the drinks in the pub before or after the game or sitting next to people in, in your season ticket who, who sometimes you don't even know their name, but you see them every week and you just have that connection with them or just fans that are coming for that one game. That connection you all have extends for a couple more days through listening to the podcast. 
you know, I love the connection you also get from fans all over the world who, who may never get the chance to come to London, Stamford Bridge to see Chelsea. You know, you give them the extra little bit of Chelsea that they're probably never going to get elsewhere. But appreciation I see on Twitter, Instagram, etc. is truly outstanding, very touching and, and very humbling. And I think you lot all deserve, you know, a pat on your back, a clap and, and a well done. You deserve all the other ladies you get. Well, lovely thing to say. I'm going to I'm going to clap that. Absolutely. Uh, while I've got your attention, Dane, we've got a competition going at the moment, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, I've drawn. I, no, I don't don't worry. It. No, no, I wasn't suggesting you draw it now. We'll do it next week. But uh, oh, OK, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Tell We're us lucky. about the well, it's, 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 it's a good chance. It's only about one out of 30 chance of winning it. So uh, not a lot of people, you know, responded and commented. So, so what, what's the competition? It was for a it was for a shirt which which I actually bought. It was a long sleeve, you know, the FA Cup 50th anniversary Nike shirt. It was uh, I got it long sleeve. I got it with number nine, you know, obviously for Osgood. And uh, I admit I tried it on. I did not like it. Uh, I never worn it. You know, it's it's brand new. So I thought I'd you know the best way is to give it away to go with this episode. Well, there you go. And to enter, you have to do what, Dane. Oh yeah, it's already done now. But they had to uh, obviously uh, like the uh, the post on Instagram, tag in two people, put a comment in why they thought they would uh, they deserve it, and then uh, they was in. It was only I think only twenty eight people. You know, some really nice comments. In so there. there we go. And if they didn't do it by now, tough shit because yeah. you yeah, missed it the was boat. By five o'clock this evening. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we will announce it next week. That's for sure. Okay. Right. We really are going to go. We're going to be back next Monday, of course, when Jonathan and I will be joined by whoever I can persuade from this lot to come on with us because I, none of them have actually told me whether they're available or not yet. This, this Zoom, might... It's the future. It is the future. But I can tell you uh, that uh, other than it's any... Been... What? Haven't, haven't we all said that we could all do it? Because nobody's got anything no, else to do. Home, <laughs> so maybe, maybe your silence was... Next week. Yeah, maybe your silence was definitely... Well, maybe this can inform your minds a little more. Because I think, actually, given the fact that we're doing this uh, 50 Years of Chelsea series, where we're going each se- each uh, season from 70 mm. as far as we get, really. I mean, I'd be really delighted if we could get up to present day. Um, I'm beginning to think that maybe we should get you on depending on the year you really want to talk about. And, of course, next week we're going to be talking about the 1971-72 season. Obviously, JK will be with me. So it'll probably be a toss-up between Clayton, Tony and Marco. Whether they, were they, who, OK, out of Tony, Clayton and Marco, who was at the 1972 League Cup final? I was. There you go. You're on next week, Clayton. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I love a decision made like that. <laughs> it's like a short straw, isn't it? But it probably is, worse. It very, very good. So there you go. So it'll be me, me, Jonathan. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Marco. I was just going to say, blue is the colour was recorded for that. It was. It? Sorry. <laughs> and Jonathan, Jonathan didn't sing on that one. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever. Anyway, it so- was, wasn't it, Marco? It was done for So Blue. It was. Uh, it was. Was it So Blue? Yeah, it was part. So Blue. So Blue. It was. It was part of the campaign, wasn't no it? No way. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know. Yeah, that. that's brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've just confirmed tonight live, which is how it should be done. That it'll be. <laughs> it'll be Jonathan, myself, and Clayton next week. While I'm on the subject, actually, Marco. 
Okay, we got 71, 72 next week, 72, 73, and then 73, 74, then 74, 75. You were so much part of the Eddie McCready book. Out of all of the years coming up, which one do you really want to be on? Uh, 74, 75 was quite interesting for me growing up. It was my, my, my first game at the bridge was the first game of that season, which which we lost 2-0. Carlisle. <laughs> and and got relegated. So I was there when we were shit. <laughs> Mar- Mar- Marco very kindly bigged up my um my memories, but were you at the, the lane for the, the... You know I talked about the 74-75 defeat at White Hart Lane. No, no, no. You weren't there. <clears throat> The, the battle no. of White Hart Lane. Oh my no. God. I tell you what, I, I was thinking that I, I might get Marco on for the uh, uh, this 75 76 season. Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army. Well, the, the, the promotion season was 77, 76, yeah, 77. You know, it was still yeah. Eddie McCready's first season, wasn't it? But I'll get you on for yeah, that yeah. one. I don't mind. I, I'll. I'm not doing anything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Enough. We digress. We should do these meetings outside of a show. Anyway, the bottom line is we will be back next week. Uh, Jonathan and me and Clayton, we will be talking about the 71-72 season. And you never know. You never know. Next week might be the time we don't run out of time so that we can do the Chelsea Football Club trivia quiz. Yes. Jonathan's excited already. Now, uh, other than that... Uh, we will have another edition of uh, my Chelsea uh, this Friday, and it's going to be Dane. Dane's Oh, I rambled time. on too much. That no, you happened. were brilliant, mate. Dane, Dane talked all about his time supporting Chelsea in the 80s and the 90s, and it's a cracker, so listen out for that one. The Fancast, as ever, is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Talking of which, you can also find the Chelsea Fancast and other Chelsea podcasts on the Chelsea or the CFC Blues app, as they so eloquently announce here. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dean at Dean Mears, Marco at Gate17, Marco, and uh, uh, Joe Tweedy at Joe Tweedy, Clayton at Goalie59, Tony at GrocerJet UK, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. Correct. Not as I've written here. Dan at DanSilv73, Liam at Liam underscore Toomey, Alex at CFCGWLB, uh, and Dane at Dane D Wit. Nine. DWIT nine. That's right. D double W H I double T nine. And of course, thank you to Nick Stroudley at Nick Stroudley at Clitheroe Blue at Dean Mears, who I've just mentioned for writing lots of blogs. That's it. Bloody hell. I need to go and have a piss. Well, I just said, I was gonna, just, and lie down. I've got one mention to make. Go on. Which is uh, just want to welcome, I, th- I hope he's back now. Um, but Steve, who we all know from the cock, who's been stuck in India um, since, since January, I think, where he went on holiday. And then found himself um, subject um, uh, subject to the lockdown there, and has been uh, basically locked down in India ever since. He's been con- uh, he's been talking to me and a few other people through WhatsApp or whatever. But if you're back in the country, Steve, um, well, welcome back, mate. Um, and I hope you're getting back to normality. Um, I think you you knew that, didn't you? Chidge that he'd been. I did, yeah, yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve WhatsApps what WhatsApps me a lot, and yeah. uh, I, I do. I I did see that it got back, but he has been stuck in India. But yeah, Buncey, you are uh, yeah. again a very long time friend of the fan cast, and we love you lots. So glad to have yeah. you back. Did, mate. did you hear what he did when he got back? Yeah, he no, drove he somebody. Got, he got a lift home, 
got his car, drove back to the airport, and drove three stranded women to to Yorkshire. Bloody hell! Uh, that, yeah, I mean, sums the bloke up, doesn't it? Really, he's a lovely, lovely fellow, and he, I know he's been. He's got a bit of a tan as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, he's, he's, I think he's, to be fair, I think even he was struggling a bit with that extended holiday. You know, there's only I think. Well, is there so much time you can take in paradise? I don't know. To be That's fair, just... to be fair, I'd like to be tested on that. I really would. You know, that would be something yeah. else that would do. To yeah. be fair, give him a pair of round glasses, and he would look like Gandhi. Yeah. <laughs> And there's the political correctness gone again. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, this is the fan cast. What do you expect? Yeah. Uh, I've lost. I oh, fuck the script. It's fucking gone to shit. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to say uh, what an absolute pleasure it has been. Uh, I mean, this is the the lovely thing. We got Marco who was on the show before I was on the show. For fuck's sake. And we got we got Dane who's been listening to it for ages and has only just started on the show. And in between, we've got Tony, Jonathan, Martin. Clayton and Dean, and I am absolutely privileged to have been doing this with you guys and all the others, uh, the Dr. Marts, the Darrens, the Stews, the Chrises, all of that lot, Ross, Pablo, everybody, Lauren, uh, for 500 shows. I am a very, very lucky and privileged man, and I don't deserve your thank you to you lot particularly. Our pleasure, Chidge. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Well done to you. And you're wonderful doing it, Chidge. Well, there we go. And I didn't have to pay them anything for them to say that. <laughs> uh, but last, by no means least, I should also uh, say a massive, massive thank you to the lovely people who listen to us every week live. Uh, there are actually still uh, half the audience that we had when we started, which is quite an achievement considering we've been waffling on for so long. But you're all mar- marvellous too, and I love you for listening to us every week. Thank you so much. And that's it. We'll be back next week for episode 501. Um. Until then, until then, thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.